<laughs> Why? No reason. All right, guys. We had a good pod. I got to tell you something. Let's be honest. Usually, you know, when Jordan was in his prime, there was a sense of, oh, maybe we give it to Barkley one year, or maybe Malone one year, but everyone knew who the MVP was. Most of the time, I feel that way about me in this, this show. But today, no. I did fine. But AJ stepped up like a champ. Fez was dishing out assists like crazy. Scott was strong too. McKenzie was strong in, uh, with his information he was flowing. And I was fine. I would say this is a, uh, you guys should be proud. It was a hell of a pod. Thank you. And, you All know, right. I tell them sometimes when it's bad. A couple weeks ago, when Fez was out, I go, "This one was what tough. Was this garbage? Yeah. No, it wasn't garbage. It was like we can't. You can't act like everyone's the best." I want to take claim for that. I'm to blame. No, if anything, you're, you you get credit that your absence. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now I got an offer for you. I'm going to keep it simple. College football bowls are coming up, all right? But there's a week left. It's called Championship Week. Is that right, AJ? That's what it's called. And that's when champions are crowned? Champions will be crowned. But not the national Not the national champion. Okay. Now, there's an offer right now you can get all of college football. Well, what would that be? That would be the bowls and one more week. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a $26 coupon that's going to take that package, the rest of college football, down for the same price, the lowest price, it's going to be for the early bird bowls. And guess what? You're paying that lowest price possible, and you're getting championship weekend for free. Bonus week, I baby. I something. Do I get Army-Navy also? You get Army-Navy for free also. You Next get the week. whole week. Oh, wow. that's a good yep. point. That's a good point. That total might be interesting. Now, how do you do this? It's simple. You use CHAMP because it's championship week. C-H-A-M-P. That's not CHOMP. It's CHAMP. It's CHOMP at the bit. But it's Champions of Championship Week, <laughs> C-H-A-M-P. Go to pregame.com. Go to buy picks. And you pick out. Is it AJ? Is it Scott? Is it Fez? Is it Dave Esler? Is it Goodfella? Is it Spartan? Et cetera, et cetera. A lot of, lot, we got like 100 years of experience at this point. Grizzled veteran. Well, Stephen Nover has that by himself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Poor guy. Shots fired. No, no. St Steven just, he's, he's, he's a father. He's got a lot of kids and it, it, it can tire you out. I mean, three kids will tire you out. You don't have three. I got two. I'm tired. They enough. say three is the key. Is it? Because you're, you're outnumbered. outnumbered. Yeah, that's what I hear. That's Hell what I hear. You go from man to man to zone. <laughs> that's pretty good. Champ, it's easy. And you literally will get the college bowls for his. And, Here's the thing about the bowls. It's day after day of action. It's it's Tuesday action. It's Wednesday. It's act Thursday act. And you know what? Then as it is, there's four games. There's five games. This is all like for hundred. The, the net price on this is gonna be under hundred fifty dollars. Check it out. By the way, this pod kicked ass. I was not the MVP. Imagine that. Imagine that. Let's listen. Wise Guy Roundtable, we got a full house to my right, A.J. Hoffman, a one percenter in college football. By the way, tallied up my uh, season win totals for the year. Okay. Nine and one plus 18.8 units. Damn, he's got it down to the decimal when he wins. Baby. What was the loser? 
LSU. Not even close. I, well, guess what? Yeah, yeah, you know how many one-star plays I had in that package, Fez? One. Guess which one it was? LSU. So why, why, now why wait so a minute. Much, wait a minute. So much volume. Wait a minute. So oh, you laid minus a dollar twenty. A dollar twenty. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Under seven. Under seven. And the guy trying to bash his coworker. Yeah. The guy Steve Fezzik. On my success. Of course, it's Steve Fezzik. I did not go eight and one on my college football season not, wins. Nine I and one. Turned a profit. Nine, nine and, one. and one. Sorry. Thanks, Fez. We, uh, we were all wondering. Without saying anything, but who's got the best record on best bets here? Uh, Scott and I. It's tied now. Tied. Are you guys collaborating? Nine and three. No. The guy with the best record, AJ, not talking a lot. Fez, yap, yap, yap. Scott Seidenberg, he is not talking a lot. I'm RJ. Silent assassin. <laughs> I'm RJ Vell. Let's get to it. We got a lot of action coming up here. Fez, well, for new listeners, we go through five is our highest weighted play. Then there's a four, three, two, and then a one. Now, the one is a floater we do throughout the show now, getting convinced from what other people say. But Fez being the two-time Super Contest champion gets the lead off the show with his best bet. So Pittsburgh, Atlanta, my best bet is the Atlanta Falcons catching a point. I got to tell you, I don't understand this line. I think I understand that what happened is that Pittsburgh, they were the underdog on the look-ahead line. They're catching one, one and a half, and now they've come the favorite. So, be- so let's be clear here. Is in the look-ahead line, Atlanta, oh, it opened pick, and Pittsburgh op- uh, closed the look-ahead at plus one. Yes, yes. So Atlanta was a small favorite, and now they're a small dog. Well, what happened? Pittsburgh just played in a very nice game, Monday Night Football. Got to upgrade them you know, for that. But I think that the market, you know, everyone saw it. And so they're looking there. And I think the market is saying, you know, Pittsburgh's better than Atlanta. And I don't agree. I think they're pretty much equal teams, um, equal in my ratings. And the spot's much better for Atlanta. I've got a team in Pittsburgh off a, on a short week now, Monday night football win. Now they got to go ahead and wheel back on the road at Atlanta. And I just don't see how you could justify making Pittsburgh the favorite in what should be a close game. Atlanta didn't play bad last week. They were in the red zone. They were right there where they could have beaten Washington on the road. Didn't happen. But they had their opportunities. You give me the, the Atlanta plus the point, I'm going to take Atlanta every time here. So Atlanta's the home team. Yes. So when you say these are equal teams, I mean, Pittsburgh being favored here is saying that Pittsburgh's clearly better. Yes, and I, and I don't make it that. Yeah, well, you, we've been arguing about the Steelers all year. Mm. Where, where do you got them at now? I have them equal to Atlanta. Uh, I have Pittsburgh 26th. Atlanta 25th. I've got them in a dead heat, 25th and 26th. Uh-huh. So Pittsburgh's 26th. Yes. All right. Najee Harris did miss practice. Remember, he got hurt in the Monday night game. But Benny Snell looked pretty good. little yeah. Snell. Yeah, you know, I mean, to me, Najee, I mean, I guess we can debate that pick again, but— uh, it's been a down season. Yeah. I mean, he's beat up. The O-line's not blocking. Uh, wouldn't you say, Fez, and this is your best bet, wouldn't you say that um, Pickett has really taken a step forward? No doubt. I absolutely have upgraded Pickett because the feeling was like they'd go to him and it'd be a downgrade, maybe a quarterback. That's certainly not the case, that, that Pickett is playing much better and he's playing his best football of the year. And wouldn't you say a quarterback who is coming into his own, or at least getting away from being such a, a negative, is one of the ways that a team can trend up the most in the second half of a year? Of course. So yes. doesn't Pittsburgh meet that criteria? They do. That's why I've upgraded them two points in the past like two, two to three weeks. 
Atlanta in their first game last week playing without Kyle Pitts, a pretty big offensive weapon, only scored 13 points. Marcus Mariota with a uh, 56.5 QBR, 174 yards touchdown and an interception. Deflected on the goal line, cost him the game. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, Atlanta was... I mean, how how did what did you do? I can't remember what you did with Atlanta last week. I actually upgraded them by half a point, which was a little controversial. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, beautiful! Oh, wow. I, I did. You're not you're not convincing you're, you're, me at all. You're you're doing the best. First of all, I love that phrase. You're not convincing me. That that's the job here. I like it. Go ahead, AJ. So, Pittsburgh in the games where TJ Watt has played is fifth in defensive DVOA, third against the mm. run. All Atlanta can do is run. In the games where they didn't have T.J. Watt, they were 30th in defensive DVOA. This is a totally different team with him on the field, both against the pass and the run. A one-dimensional offense, which is what the Falcons... Marcus Mariota hasn't thrown for over 200 yards in the last six games. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, but I mean, Atlanta's been. I mean, I agree, like a lot of what you're saying, but Atlanta running the ball is what they do best. But they it, it stopped working. Early, and, and this is the thing about teams that want to have a run-heavy offense. Almost always, you have to pair a run-heavy offense with a good defense. They don't have a good defense. They have fallen off offensively. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you, they've got no one to stretch the field anymore. So let's let him respond to that. Pitts, how much does that concern you? Uh, it, it absolutely concerns. He doesn't have good numbers, but he absolutely help, makes everyone else better. But I'm going to disagree about you saying their defense getting worse. Edlin? Oh, Atlanta, go ahead. Atlanta's defense is getting better, a lot better. Let me make my case. Atlanta's defense has given up almost six yards per play. The last three games, less than five. So the league average? League average, 5.45. So they, they were half above, half below. Okay. Yes. Marcus Mariota has faced the Steelers and Mike Tomlin just one time before when he was with the Titans. A 40-17 Steelers win in that game. They sacked Marcus Mariota five times, and he threw four interceptions. So in the Monday um, night game, Pittsburgh was 80% chance in the fourth quarter win share. So it looked like a tight one, but they had control. Clean win. And yeah. by the way, the, the defense is getting better. The last three quarterbacks they've played, Justin Fields hurt, Ty- Taylor Heineke, and P.J. Walker, oh, wait, Texas wait. Ranger. When, when was Justin Fields hurt? In the game. In the game. Yeah. But it, that was the, the last play of the game. Yeah. So the, Okay, you're, you're right. I mean, you know. see, okay. So one good quarterback out of three, a, a, a backup I like quarterback and a Justin third. Justin Fields good now. A back, he is. He is <laughs> a backup quarterback and a third string quarterback. That's yeah. that's those. Two and they're guys. facing another quarterback that's like well, well below average. But that's you, played better. He's played two of two of his three best QBR games in the last two I, weeks. I will bet you he finishes in the bottom ten well, of QBR all, the rest of the bet year. You so like, yeah. he's, he's backed up. <laughs> but I'm saying the rest of the year, I will I would certainly be willing to make a big bet that. Um, the Pittsburgh quarterbacks in the bottom of the 10 QBR starters. Bottom 10. That's interesting. I don't disagree, but do you think he's going to be ahead of Marcus Mariota? That's the question. I will I will take heads up Mar- Mariota, QBR, the rest of the year. Yes, against um, Can we measure Beckett. that for the rest? Of, can we make a cutoff and say? Yeah. Sure. Okay, I'll, take, I'll, I'll take that. Beautiful. Man, these, AJ's rolling here. Did, <laughs> I, did you, I, you know, here, and here's why I think, I don't think Marcus Mariota's going to qualify. I oh, think that's, that, that's bullshit. I, I think he's about to get benched. Well, then he'll have six six plays. Hold on. This is interesting. I do think this. There is no qualification for the rest of the year. 
meaning it's going to be each game. Now, we can set one now, but the QBR qualification is for the full season. Okay, well, I, I don't think Marcus Mariota is going to finish the season as the right. quarterback. So how, how many games we got left? Six? Is it yes. counting this one? All right, so if, why don't we agree to this? This is the way I would arbitrate it. He's got to start four games, and if, he, if one of these quarterbacks doesn't start four games, I think it's a half forfeit, right? Because we can't, if the guy gets benched— I'm not forfeiting. Nope. All right, then it's got to be whatever whatever his rating is for if he plays that, three plays or uh, three hundred. Because he's random. But no, it's not random because what my quarterback. It's, it's not it's it's not random because my quarterback could get benched and his quarterback won't get benched. But that's you, not but you're fair. You're betting on a quarterback that could get benched. Well, I'm going to bet him on my. I, all right, I, so I, that, it's an interesting point because yeah. well, hold on, hold on. The, first of all, the idea that you're going to make a bet on like three snaps or something is goofy. <laughs> sure. All right, but but I think he's right in the following way. Steelers aren't going to bench Pickett. No. So why why don't we say how many games do you want? Four games. Four and if not, it's no bet then. Well, yeah. Okay. That's but fine. that's in my benefit because if my quarterback sucks, then I don't lose. So that's unfair to AJ, oh, which I, I shouldn't say. Yeah. But yeah. Well, why don't we do this? <laughs> why don't we go to Fez's idea? No matter what, how many plays there are, I'm against that completely. Chicken. Why? Okay, I'm fine being a chicken. But remember, here's the thing, AJ. Here's where you're missing the point. If he gets benched, it means his last couple quarters is going to be bad. So it's not like he's going to have a game. I don't think game. that's necessarily true. Well, he's going to play better than he has earlier in the year and get benched? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's entirely out of the question. Why would they? Because they have a, they spin a draft pick on a quarterback that they, like, they've got to figure out if he can play or not. Well, they're not going to figure it out in three weeks at the end. I mean, they're trying to they're win. They're in contention they're for the, the playoffs. They're still, they're, they are, actually. I mean, I, I hear serious people think they're going to win this. Mm. All right, so. Got a cupcake schedule. We'll let you guys. We'll th- figure it out. Yeah, but yeah. again, we want the audience to know what's happening. So by the end of the show. Okay, or I, we can do it on Straight Out of Vegas I AM. Like, oh, there you go, a little crossover. I, it's like when the Fonz went to Laverne and Shirley. Mm, hey. <laughs> But I like your style today, AJ. I like it. Fez, he has you on your heels a little bit right now. I don't know what on my heels means. Oh, I'm like backpedaling? Yeah, 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 like he gave you a quick shot. You're... It's just going to build the bankroll. It's fine. <laughs> now, where I agree with you is if you look at the line, Atlanta was a one-point favorite. Look ahead close as we talked about. The World Open was 1.7, so up towards two. Monday evening, 1.7. Or Monday early, 1.7. Monday night, 1.7. Tuesday, post-Monday night football, pick them. So there's no doubt what caused this line move because it actually went up before that Monday night game. Yes, people liked what they saw from Atlanta against Washington. Well, I don't know about that. but Well, the market's like <laughs> Clearly they like something, yes. Closing thoughts? What do you make of the previous opponent stat? I don't make anything of it. I just found this interesting online that teams the week after playing the Colts, 10-1-1 ATS in their next game. Hmm. What is that? What, what, what could Jeff that even Saturday mean? Saturday gives a relaxing yeah, game. Yeah, is, is it a relaxing game playing against the Colts? It's a low-stress environment? I don't know. That I mean, if, it, if there's a physical team, I can see them doing poorly the next game. Maybe the Colts aren't a physical team. And that's why. Plus, they're playing in a dome. I mean, half those games are in a dome, yeah. which actually hurts you the next game in theory, unless you're playing in a dome. By the way, Pittsburgh playing in the dome the second straight game. Mm. You didn't take that into account, did you? Not at all. 
Doesn't it feel like these two teams are kind of going in different directions? I so. do. Let's That's this season, by the way, that trend. So after That's, the Colts yeah. game this season. That's interesting. I don't have any rationale. 10-1-1 ATS. So Atlanta's average power rating last three games is minus 0.8 versus their opponents. So explain that, McKenzie. So we have a projected score based on taking luck out of the equation, and you look at their last three games, Carolina, Chicago, Washington. They only won one of those games versus Chicago, and their average was minus one versus their opponents about. The average was minus. So, so they were out, effectively, they were outscored by a point. Per in, game. In, in, per game. Yep. Okay. So toss-ups the last three games. And what was their straight-up record? One and two. All right. So if anything, it means they're underrated off mm-hmm. that then. Right? Um, so against, just to be specific, at Carolina, they were minus four points was the projected margin. And that was a 10-point loss. Okay. Against Chicago, they were a four-and-a-half-point victor. Then against Washington, they were a three-point loser. And that was a three-point win against Chicago, six-point loss okay. against the Commandos. I don't know. Night, Fez. I, uh, I tend to actually lean with AJ here. Uh, I was kind of thinking Atlanta, and I thought Pittsburgh kind of. But then this pick, to me, the Watt stat I like. Short week for a rookie quarterback. Yeah, that's Getting a good ready. point. That's a good point. Um, mm. And it's, it's back-to-back road games off a Monday night game. Mm-hmm. You want to look at that one, McKenzie? Yeah. All right. I think if this was early in the season, I wouldn't like it on a short week. But I think Kenny Pickett, if anything, is building some confidence right now. I think he wants to get back out there and keep rolling. That's interesting. I think he's got to prepare, right? Yeah. I I bet Tomlin's not good on short weeks. But who knows? I mean, what I'm saying is Tomlin, there's no rationale. It's a pretty rare case when my power ratings support a play. Mm -hmm. Usually there's there's like the intangibles. It's not a very good spot. But Mm -hmm. here's a case where the power ratings like the play and the spot's good. Now, are your power ratings touched up from Monday? I made a couple tweets. <laughs> yes. By the way, we'll Atlanta, talk about that. Yes, thirtieth DVOA against the pass. Yeah. So Kenny Pickett's got to be excited. That's made. That's made. AJ. <laughs> next, next game is my best bet. And by the way, that, again, this is almost—it's like a boy becoming a man. AJ is not only going against Faz, he's going against his best bet when it wasn't even one of your picks. This automatically becomes your one. Yeah. All right. I like it. You got to appreciate it, Faz. I do. Because what you want more than anything is you want action. And somehow he's seeing weakness. Yeah, if you want to go double on this, let me know. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. What we got, Mackenzie? Anything on that? Yeah, last 10 years, 8 and 13. If your previous game's on a Monday, now you're playing on a short week, back-to-back road games. Okay. 8 and 13 with a two-point ATS margin. My best bet. I don't like it, but I love it. The Baltimore Ravens. Now, AJ, who's become, uh, he's like, uh, who's the, who would be this, the, the guy that plays the most dogs back in the old days, Fez? Let's think about this. Who was dog, dog, dog? Like of, of the, you know, the touts. It wasn't um, more. D- Dave Tooley will only play, will well, publicly but, has come out to, to get this. He says he refuses to play a favorite in any contest. There's not any more pro dog than that. All right, but I was talking about like the old school, like '90s guys. But either way, he's become like the guy that used to lay the lay the lumber. In five picks, he usually had the four biggest favorites. Then he skipped one, and then he had the next favorite. Somehow, he has the team probably has the most sourness on them of any team in football for what a year or two. Who's had more sourness than Denver? Ooh. I mean, like, I mean, 
The Texans? The Texans. They're probably the only one. But people accept the Texans as bad. Denver would say it's a shocker. They actually made an interesting point. The Rams right now, maybe. Well, since they won the Super Bowl, I think I don't think they qualified last two years. <laughs> yeah, well, that's interesting. <laughs> now, real quick on Denver, most likely Hackett's going to get fired. I agree. And they said if you go back at one-and-done coaches, hmm. that the win total for in the last 10 years of any coach who went one-and-done was less than eight. They were all losing teams coming into the year that just did bad. This is going to be the first time old that you inherit a good team and you still screw yeah, it all up. So this is interesting. I'm going to let you make the first case here because I'm curious about it. I just don't think the Ravens' offense can be favored by this many points right now. The, when the Ravens have lost their games, they've lost close games in the last few minutes or seconds, and then when the Ravens have won, for the most part, they've won close games. And the Broncos, for as bad as they are on offense, have been very tough to blow out. Last week was the first game all season that the Broncos lost by double digits. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they they are in every now, game. Now, would you say there's anything just with the eye test that you saw with Denver that maybe was indicative of a defense maybe not playing as enthusiastically? I thought their defense played hard. Really? I, just, I just thought the offense was a disaster. Well, but they like you said, they gave up a good many points. The defense played a poor game last week, right? Denver. I I'd have to look at DVOA, something like that, but I don't think I don't think they were poor necessarily. I just think that what was the final? The final was twenty to twenty-three to ten. Yeah, twenty-three is a lot of points for a supposedly good defense. Is it? Yeah, thirty is like a, a big scoring. I mean, what are we? What are we at? Forty-four, forty-three. Yeah, twenty-two, twenty-two and a half. Yeah, that's above yeah, above average, average in the NFL. Okay. I mean, this is supposed to be the best defense in the league. I think it's one of the best defenses. All right, it's supposed to be one of the best defenses. Yeah. Now, what did you think of the conflict on the sidelines? Uh, I thought it was alarming. I was actually kind of disappointed that he came out and said he was just telling Russ to go get the job done. What do you but think it, he's going to do? The guy that's making 300000 or whatever <laughs> is going to – I mean, I think it took balls what he did. I think somebody needs to do it. So, I mean, somebody's got to talk to Russ like he's – We saw it with the Jets. You know, the, the frustration, and then they made the switch of quarterback, which wound up being the right move. They almost celebrated. I mean, yeah. like, I've never seen a celebration like that. Mm-hmm. McKenzie's got the picture of the confrontation up. Or is that super imp- – oh, okay, there's the coach ignoring. Yeah, he's just pretending like he can't hear anything going on. <laughs> I, I mean, he should be the tight ends coach. <laughs> Quality <laughs> control. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but honestly, though, you don't think at some point this D is – I mean, this D is like saying, hey, we're killing ourselves out here. He's getting paid as much as the whole defense. Yeah. That's your team, though. I well, don't seem my, worried about my it. team catching eight points. Eight? You act like eight is 18. Well, how many times are the Ravens covering eight this year? They're just not. This team that was so good on offense Pop early up the, in the Ravens season, schedule, McKenzie. Early in the season, number in the first three weeks, number one in offensive DVOA, number one in passing DVOA. Since then, 14th in overall offense, 25th in passing and the Ravens now 3-6 and six ATS as a favorite. Russ, 66% ATS as a dog and has never failed to cover as a dog of a touchdown or more in his career. But, but this team has won by double digits four times this year. He's talking about how they don't win any games. By, by are those the first three weeks? Or are we? No, they won by – I mean, you've got a schedule over there, don't you? They won by 15 in week one, 11 in week three, and then now two of the last three weeks. They've won by double digits. They always get up by double digits. Every game. Every game they're up by double digits. And I think if there's any game that the defense is going to keep intensity if they get up 10, Mm -hmm. it's going to be this game. 
I think this is the perfect storm of playing against a Denver team that, quite frankly, at a decent price, because this is a team typically you'd be paying so much to bet against. And, yeah, it's a little, you know, the line, the world opener was eight. It's eight and a half now, I guess, is what I'm seeing. What's our contest line? Eight. Yeah, even better. Uh, Fez, what's your take on this game? I know what you like, RJ, and you're going to like my take. All right. <laughs> well, you made the case that this Denver team, you know, defense was playing really well and not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Unhappy about Russell Wilson. Well, I've got the numbers to back that up. The defense for the year is giving up 4.8 yards per play. All right. It's really good. All right. League average, four, 5.45. Last three games, 5.7. Ooh. So the, so here's a defense. Why is the defense so not playing well? below average? Yes, the last three games. Yeah. Why? Because they're discouraged. They've got this quarterback doing the high high knee lifts and the flight to London. This poor, poor guy. That's right. Um, it's just – and, and further, we thought the offense was going to get better with Russell. With No, it, the offense getting worse. Five yards per play, yeah, now 4.6. Seattle audibles. <laughs> like, that's what they're saying. Like he's calling out the like, Seattle stuff. I don't know. I, I got to give you credit, AJ. This is a thing. I mean, this is a hold your nose pick. So if you went with just the last three games, yards per play differential minus one point one, worst in the league. Denver Broncos for so versus by yards per play. They're the worst in the league. How many games over the last three? Well, that's meaningful. And who were their opponents? Those three. Let's see. They played Carol. Titans. Raiders, Panthers. Well, that's below average for sure. Raiders are what? It's know, not a. It's not a. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina's. You got a bottom feeder. You know, yeah. an average team and a fringe playoff team. All right. So here's something for you to consider, AJ. So we have a, a little thing called fourth quarter win share, mm-hmm. pregame.com, and what we do is we look at the chance to win on every play of each team, and we wait. The first five minutes, the lowest of the fourth quarter. The second five minutes, we double. And then we double again for the last five minutes. So it's it's one, two, four, seven units spread around the fourth quarter. So how much are you, if you're supposed to win 99% the whole time, 99%, right? Baltimore is the second team in the NFL with fourth quarter control, even though they've given up a lot of yep. wins. You could make the case that makes them the second best team. Because if we're ever going to say, I mean, Fez, what do we believe is the least telling? Is fluky touchdowns at the end of the game, right? Yeah. Is Well, it can swing a, a win to a loss, loss to a win. That's huge. It's, it's not an interception. It's a, it's, we should almost turn off the game. with. If, 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 that's a good point. If you, if you told me, do I want the final score or do I want with one with 90 seconds to go in the game? If you gave me my choice. In many ways... I'm not so sure the 90 seconds to go isn't the better snapshot of, well, that's what should happen. And then then you got the randomness of the last 90 seconds. Or I like the idea of even if you don't have a fourth quarter win share, you could say, hey, if it's a tight game late, give them half a win each yeah. mm-hmm. in your mind and say whatever happens at the right. end happens. I mean, Baltimore would be amongst the best teams in the league. Now, by the and way— And they'd be laying 10 and a half. When, whenever <laughs> I like— a stat. I like to see if the other teams make sense around it. So here's the other teams. Philadelphia is one. They're good. <laughs> Baltimore's two. Kansas City's three. They're good. Buffalo's four. They're good. Dallas is five. They're good. Tennessee is six. Good. And boy, they're getting a lot of respect this week, aren't they? The yeah. um 
I we'll talk about that game. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting game. I mean, what I'm saying is, is I I did a double take when I looked at that line. But anyway, continuing, we got uh, San Francisco next, Cincinnati next, Miami next. These are the, the, I mean, this this is the playoff is, teams this, in the NFL. This is the power. Yeah, yeah. Effectively, well, I, yes. I've said I think Baltimore is the Baltimore. best team in the AFC. But then, then how can't they be laying? Where's Denver at in the AFC? Uh, they're way down. But I'm telling you, Baltimore. The, and it's the same thing we said last week against Scott. When, when we were on the Jags against the Ravens, the Baltimore offense is sleepwalking right now. It, it, it's not explosive. They're not well, they breaking had, off the – We they were don't, very lucky to cover that game. They don't. <laughs> Tell me about it. They don't, have any, they don't have any weapons on the offensive side. You know, Mark Andrews is still not 100%. They don't have a number one wide receiver. Their, their running backs are rotating every week. It's just not the same Ravens team that it was early in the season. So I have a couple of anti-Ravens trends here. Uh, first off, they Thank haven't. You. Finally, someone comes to. Th- I got you. I got you, brother. <laughs> they haven't won and covered a home game since November in la- of last year. Okay. So that's just a, a bad run of not winning and covering games at home. Lamar Jackson as a touchdown favorite or higher in his career, twelve and fourteen ATS. Mm-hmm. 20, 22 and four straight up in those games, but twelve and fourteen ATS. Mm-hmm. And Lamar Jackson when he plays bad teams. You would expect him to dominate them, right? But when when he plays against teams below 500, 23 and 4 straight up. So they win those games, but only 13 and 14 ATS. That includes the loss whoa, to the Jaguars whoa, whoa, last whoa, week. Whoa. So they were 13 and 13 going nope. into last week, right? Yeah, and they lost to the Jaguars. And, and they were 80% to cover at the end of the game against Oh, Jackson. I agree. It's a fluky loss, yeah. Well, so, by, so throw it out. Call 13. Well, uh, I, I don't, don't think we can throw it out. Fez, when it's happened four times this it's year, it's thirteen and thirteen against the spread. We can't but make still that. The story can't, that when no, they're playing yeah. against bad teams, they're you, not. They cover away half. With the they games. cover half the but time. Yeah. He's saying. I mean, I hear you. I agree with you, Fez. But I also agree with the fact of saying your handicap might be Lamar has an edge in this spot, but mm-hmm. he doesn't. Right. The you perception know. is he's a bully, and he hasn't. He hasn't that been a bully. I, it just seems yes. like they win. The, they they don't lose these games. The the straight up record is incredible. They don't lose these games, but it just seems like they do enough just to win because they know it's an easy opponent. They know it's an easy game. You're playing against a bad team. You're over a touchdown favorite. Just win the game. And they do. They you know, win the I, game. I don't like this playing the, the bad team with the cool helmets thing. Because, like, when they're like, like we, we, we talked about this last week. When, when Kansas City was playing the Rams, you know, they're like, those are, those are Super Bowl champions. I'd much, if I'm taking a lot of points, I want a team that's truly bad that everyone knows is bad. Not a team that had preseason expectations of being a good team like Denver does. Well, see, now that's interesting because I disagree with that mm. in that I think that you get teams that step up for, I mean, if the Rams were going to step up for one game this year you, or at the end of the year, you'd think it would have been last week. I, I'm just talking about their opponent being more motivated, that they're uh, not, their opponent isn't going to sleepwalk when they see those Rams on well, the helmets. Which is, what I think is what we're missing here is Harbaugh, they're off a loss. If there's any game that they're going to be focused and tenacious, mm. it's this game. Yeah. And to me, whenever you have a double digit or a big favorite over a touchdown, mm. motivation is always a major factor. And to me, that's why in the pre- in the postseason, big favorites cover like crazy because they're not going to be flat. And they're only ahead of Cincinnati right now by the oh. tiebreaker. And Cincinnati's got a tough game against the Bengals, so uh, against, the, against KC. So this would be an opportunity to pick up a game on Cincinnati. And here's one thing I've seen in the NFL. Philadelphia, we heard first half, first half, first half. And then all of a sudden, three now three out of the last but, four games. Yeah. 
Why? Because the opponents are saying they're kicking butt in the first half. We better get ready for that. It's like the zigzag theory in the NBA. And to me, if Baltimore is going to be focused on anything, and let's be honest, I don't think the Ravens were culpable for that loss. As much as I hate to say it, Trevor Lawrence played very well in the fourth quarter. It, if the Ra- if if Gus Edwards fumbles, if he doesn't fumble on that the first play of that drive, I mean, the Jaguars got 10 points in quick su- succession there, so they did a good job holding them to a field goal there. But if he doesn't fumble on that drive, Baltimore, any points there, it's a two-possession game. And they probably don't lose if they go up two possessions that late in the fourth quarter. Oh, the yeah. fact that they fumbled, turned the ball over, Fazdini allowed a couple a of points where here. Where they could have like dropped to the ground. Yeah, they could have dropped to the one, run out the clock with knees, and, and Tucker could have come in to kick the game-winning field. It, oh, it would have been, been a ninety-eight percent win rate. Yeah. So I guess last thing I'll say on this, AJ, is they've been double-digit winners the last two weeks prior to the Jacksonville game. Right, and then in a Jacksonville game, it took a real Herculean effort. And listen, give the Jack. I'm happy it happened. Give the Jags credit. I think we get focused here. I would not even consider playing this if Baltimore had won last week. But to me, this is all about the focus we're going to get from them. The three losses they've had this year, they're one and two ATS after those losses. Oh, I, I'm sure. And the one win was in the first three weeks of the season when their offense was right. Well, listen, the beauty is you've, you're backing up your opinion. There we with go. A, a natural crossfire. I'm, I'm going to add something to this. Go ahead, buddy. Correlated parlay. I really like this. Mm. We're going to play anti Denver, anti Denver. We're going to take Baltimore minus eight, week 13. Ooh. And we're going to parlay it to Kansas City minus seven, week 14. Who is at the same Denver Broncos? Think about that. Well, hold on. Okay. Oh, the, the Ravens. Are getting eight points against this Broncos team. The, giving, the Kansas yeah, City giving. Chiefs are only giving seven. Yeah, well, one's home, one's on the road. One's home and one's on the road. But it's still in the same. I think, I I think mean, Kansas City is a lot better than Baltimore. Yeah. That, I mean, that is a point. I'm, I'm, I don't agree with that. But, but here's what I, I think. Because you think Kansas City is so good, and I well, just don't. well, but I think it's, I think it's a good point. But here's the, here's, here's the point. Kansas City has great value minus seven next week, also. So I got two Which, bets. Yeah, yeah, I got two bets. I like. It's not going to be minus I, seven. I, I like Baltimore minus eight. Plus, it's on a key number. Yeah, I like Kansas City minus seven. And guess what? They're correlated anti-Denver. Let's so be honest. If, if Denver gets rolled, Kansas City's going to be laying ten next week. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I was saying ten and a half wouldn't be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I like that they. I tell you, the books. I like that they let you do that. Yeah. You're right. Some that's correlated don't. because if the result happens this week. Exactly. That line is not going to be the same. Exactly. Next year. I, I mean, think about it. it. Let's just say the Baltimore covers by wins by fourteen, which is obviously very possible. I think ten by kickoff. Yeah, you want Denver plus ten? Not well, me. I, I, I don't even think by now, kickoff. I think by by opener, it's going to be ten. What's the line if Baltimore does cover and Kansas City has a good showing against Cincinnati? Now we're going ten out. Yeah, yeah, but I almost wish. I almost hope they don't because then they'll be focused. Yeah, thank you. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like to me, in in some ways, I'd the public whatever they're going to do is smaller than I think the effect we mm. get off a loser. All right, good conversation. Any thoughts on this game, Mackenzie? Oh, sorry, I was, I was grabbing something. Dynamite drop in, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> that broadcasting school is really paying off. No, it's funny because I heard it. I heard everything. I just had to get to the mic. I thought it was a great conversation. That's, I definitely uh, thank lean you. To you. Thank, thank you. Next game, AJ Hoffman. My best bet. I'm What's gonna, your record on your best bet? Nine and three. 
Go ahead, buddy. Tennessee Titans plus five it's my at four the way. Eagles. Ooh. And the, the partners, the twin, the boxy <laughs> this twin. This is an SOVAM play. <laughs> Some, something's wrong with the Eagles now. Like, it, it could be that they lost the unbeaten season. It, it could be they're just tired. But one and three ATS you, did, over did the last you, four you games. You didn't sleep through last weekend, did you? When they put up 40? One and three ATS <laughs> in the last four games. And the win was this most recent one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. It, it, what, line there was, was no six. Seven and the, a half. There were seven and a half out there. Apparently, the, the line was six point one, and they won by seven. That's that would be a cover. <laughs> okay. Well, guess what? Over the last four weeks, they're minus seven cover margin mm-hmm. per per game. Okay. So I, I don't. I'm not going run it because they beat the line by a half point. I'm not suddenly thinking everything's okay with the Eagles. How many, how many weeks are you going looking at? Last four weeks, and they particularly struggled against the runs. Twenty fifth against the run per DVOA over that stretch. And that's been against three teams in the bottom 10 of run blocking per PFF and one average team in Washington. They now have to go against the Titans behind a line that grades in the top 10 in run blocking. If you're tired, Titans are the worst team you want to line up against. And Vrabel as a dog of a field goal or more, 21 and seven ATS, 19 of those outright wins. Yeah. I, I like the Titans. Isn't it priced in here though? I mean, if you look at this, Fez, what would, what did your power rating say on this game? Though I know you're de- woefully low on Philly. The uh, I've got Tennessee, Philly on a neutral, mm-hmm. four and a half. Okay, so Philly's worth two and a half, right? So Six you think, and a half. Yeah. So, well, no, for two and a half, it's going to be towards seven, right? Oh, two and a half. Yeah, towards seven. I don't give. I don't give two and a half. Two, two for Philly. Yeah, two. With that crowd. Two. They're just obnoxious. They're winning. They're just obnoxious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this this is going to be a massive Derrick Henry game, in my opinion, because the Eagles' run defense it can is very susceptible. And well, remember, they got uh, Sue right, and they hire they got one other hired. They got one other older gentleman. I can't remember. But they are going to be without Jordan Davis, right. key linebacker. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, He's pretty. eligible to come off the IR, not going to play this week. Okay. Yeah. So going to be AJ's without. AJ's plugged in. Yeah. I, I, and and I just look at. I look That's at the. bet, RJ. Come on. <laughs> I look at the run defense and I look at the game script here, which is going to be for Derrick Henry to just plow over the Eagles. I. Plow. Yeah. Plow over. That's what he does. I mean, Plows over teams. Green Bay ran effectively. Right? Yes, they did. Five yards per carry. Yeah. I, I got. I can't see. Well, I mean, I can see but it let happening. Me ask you question. So good, but would, let, let me ask my favorite question. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt. What should the line be? Three and a half. So you, we think that Tennessee. What's your underlying stats say, Fez? Oh, let's take a look at those. Because I mean, you've been. Let's be honest. You can't go mum on Tennessee because they won a couple more games. You've been saying they're a below average team. Yeah. So Tennessee is a. They're an average team. They 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 gain five point three. They give up five point four. Recent numbers have been. So that means they should be like seventeenth. Right, but they're trending in the right direction. So recent last three games plus one point one. So they're trending plus in the right they direction. They had the quarterback out a couple games. So that's good. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, for Philly, they, their numbers are good. They're plus. They're, they're the best. They're plus, not the best, but they're plus one yards. No, they're the best in EPA. Yeah, I mean they're right there. It's fine. You know, it's just it's splitting margins. Them being the best team versus so the best team in the league versus a blow versus, versus an average team. Oh, an, an average, average team. Yes, but they were minus the best on team, that so, yards. So but, pursuant to that, the best team in the league is typically about seven, seven and a half points, eight points better than an average team. Called seven and a half. I agree. An average team is average. 
That makes it 7F on a neutral from that perspective. The question is, has the has the league somewhat filled, figured out the Philly offense? I think that's why the market is soured on Philly somewhat because of that perception. I don't know if that's real. I also think the things like net well, yards are a little... You know, it's it's not telling the whole well, what truth is, here. What is DVO your favorite DVO? Well, but what I'm saying is, with net yards, you're you're you've not. Well, taken he was talking about well, net net yards per play. Okay. Yeah. So. What I'm saying is, when you've played Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, those teams are going to put up yards on everybody. All right. So the Eagles have wait, played. What does DVOA say? Let me pull it up. Yeah, I want to take a game. So a couple of props that I would play in this game, I'd look towards any Derrick Henry rushing stat because I do think he has a monster day against this Eagles defense. And on the other side, I'd look at A.J. Brown going up against his former team. I think that they could force feed him because I think the game mm. means more to him. And I would so look, if you're betting two, two I, Tennessee dudes I would like, to go over. No, kind of, A.J. Brown is on the Eagles. Yeah, I'm saying I yeah. would like – I look for A.J. Brown's stats, maybe receptions, over because I think that Hurts will look his way because he wants to make a statement against his former team. What's his team. health? Is he 100%? Yeah, I haven't seen anything AJ Brown? To yeah. con- Philly third, contradictory. Philly third, Tennessee 10. Just overall? Yeah. All right. So third and 10th is going to be what? About four points typically, Fez? Yeah. All right. And, yeah, so my point is if it's the Vrabel or if it's the run – Tennessee run matchup, this line is abnormally short. Well, and the run matchup goes both ways. Tennessee, the number one defense against the run DVOA. Well, the Philly, the Philly run is a di- when you have a running quarterback, it's just different to me. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to be decent. If but Tennessee is a physical team and not a fast team on D. You know, I don't know. I mean, Hurts, I don't think him running is the problem. But, Fez, you agree with me here. This line, all things equal, blind. if this was blind resume, where we didn't know it was Vrabel, we just knew the stats, this line's six and a half, maybe seven. Well, and it was six and a half last week on the look at. So, you know, the one we talked about, the one thing that confuses me, I still haven't come to grips with this. Last week, Philly was hosting Green Bay. The line was 6.2. Well, Tennessee's better than Green Bay. You know, significantly better than Green Bay. Okay, and this so, line's cl- you know lower than than that six point two, which it's supposed to be lower. Well, Tennessee's. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's, it's but, but it's, it's not, in the it's same not range. Enough. Yeah, exactly. Not, yeah, I agree. Yes, but but in a weird way, there was a lot. Of, there was a real sense that Green Bay was going. I mean, every wise guy in town was on Green Bay. Oh, all the money poured in. So yes. so I mean, there was some rationale there. Sure. And and again, was that? I mean, I don't think you can. Bet Green Bay without having an opinion on Green Bay. Meaning sometimes mm-hmm. a team's pretty neutral. Uh, it's straight. But here's the thing. Everything we're saying it seems to ignore how good Philly looked on Sunday night. Yeah, they it's, easily could have. They probably, they probably should have won by 14. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you got, you got Rodgers pretty much no moss in it. You know, it's, it's Roberto Duran style. Well, he was watching you know, <laughs> from the locker room at the end of the game, right? But then he's saying, "I'm ready to go next week." Yeah. If you're ready to go next week, how did you miss this? The set, you know, the second half effectively of this game, and and it opened the door, Wally Pip style here. <laughs> It'd be interesting. Yeah, I. Uh, you make a good point. The Green Bay line was irrational too, so maybe that low, maybe that is a sign of some real skepticism about Philly, dude. Or I'm there's sorry, about no Philly. doubt there's skepticism well, about hey. them being able to maintain their level that they've had. We're no question they're the best team year to date. Well, and early in the season, remember 
all the sharp money every weekend we could say sharp money's coming on Philly like it mm-hmm. was it was almost like clockwork so yep. this is like the first sign that it's kind it's kind of reached its tipping point Scott right Scott Seidenberg Super Bowl team yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, Washington, in that Washington game, it stayed over double digits. A Washington yeah. team, a lot of Sharps liked, and as we've seen now, they've actually got the best record. I think they're the only 6-1 and one team the last seven games. Oh, is that right? I think that's right, if I'm not mistaken. Um, by the way— Kansas City may be in that as well. By the way, AJ, a little uh, lesson for you here. <laughs> Teams that are minus 28 or worse, ATS margin, their last four games— all right, so you add it up, they're minus 28. So that means they're doing piss poor. All right, they are in the next game 51.6% all time. How many games is that, McKenzie? Looks like 1800. <laughs> right, 1800. And if a team is plus 28 over the last four, 48.5%, almost exactly the same one and a half. Now, this is not the same team. It's not the flip side of the same team. So it just shows you that, in general, you want the team now that's lost recently. You just hope they are better than what their score is. Yes, and I think a big part of this is not that we're that these teams aren't worse than what we than what they were three games before, you know. But what's happening is the the tax the tax is being applied to the teams that are the plus twenty eight, and there's a discount on the teams that are the minus twenty. I think there's a tax on most also games. randomness. I mean, to some degree, oh, you're not that's as good, good as your best performance. Someone's got to win. That's true. That's what they said on the Sopranos about the track. Remember? How do we feel about the under? Both teams going to run the ball. That's, you know, I don't like any unders. I'm going to make a bold statement. Oh, because it's, too many unders have won. Too many yeah, unders have too won. Too profitable this season. You know, this is my friend. Yep, don't want to don't want to get on that money wagon. So, <laughs> so my, my my friend Charlie J made this case. He's like, in all sports, he's like, whenever you get a disparity and you've got 57 percent the overs are hitting or 57 percent mm-hmm. the unders, all things being equal, the rest of the year they'll be if you have to go against what the trend's been early in the year. But this right. isn't a roulette wheel. That like this is. There could be fundamental changes in the way that yeah, the, and the totals, the, the, the totals have fundamentally changed too right. low. Lowering. And yeah. also, teams are going to do different things. I mean, for the first time in memory, the defenses were ahead of the offenses this year with the cover two. And they, a lot of teams don't know what to do with it. But Cincinnati's starting to figure it out. It feels like some teams are starting to figure it out. I also bit. think has. the NFL has – I'm sorry. No, no, no. The, the, the NFL has an intrinsic – um, their value as a corporation goes up when scoring goes up. Yeah, and so the memo goes out to the officials that says, "You know, guys, yeah. I don't. Think I, it's going I believe, to, but in it's this case, point one. of emphasis. Remember point the point of emphasis a couple weeks ago was on the hold. Uh, was on the uh, was it the defensive holding though? Okay, I'm sorry, I was thinking about. I'm something. seeing eye test, and I'm sorry, I don't have the stats for this. Yeah. I'm seeing a whole lot of. Um, like whenever a quarterback runs around for four seconds and there's a flag, I'm used to there being an offensive holding on that play, mm-hmm. and now there's a defensive holding again and again. I'm seeing, I'm seeing prior the, to the pass. Yes, holding. I'm seeing a lot of. Uh, are, are, am I wrong? I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of linemen down the field. Yes, is what I'm seeing. And I was, yeah, because quarterbacks are running a lot. Or Here's whatever, why. Oh, throwing sorry. the ball. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's so just saying he's seeing a lot of ineligible men downfield, and I'm seeing it a lot because you have quarterbacks now that are they're running the ball or a lot of RPOs that are messing with the linemen because they're blocking as if it's a running play, and then the quarterback's throwing the ball, and they're three yards down the field. The reason I disagree with you on this with the over-unders is I think any time the public has a strong propensity one way or the other, they are going to keep betting it. Like your theory is, oh, everyone's betting the unders now. And maybe the sharps are, but the public's still betting the overs. You know, I don't think they are. 
It's no why you're on Monday night. You're right, yeah. obviously on Sunday and Monday night. But but overall, the, 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 at some point, it's the hot stove. The, the public has put their hands on the hot stove so many times and been burned with overs. They're like the hell with this. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have Mackenzie run the following. Tell me if you like this. We'll say the first ten weeks of the year, any year in the 2000s that had over 57 percent. Or is it 57 or 56 do you want to I, do? I, I think we should go 54. I don't think we're going to have any. Well, let's say 55. Okay. Because this year is over 55. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's just find any year that's above 55, over or, or under. under. Then we'll look from that point the rest of the year. Yes. Only for those years. Yes. You got that, Mackenzie? Yes, sir. And if we get no data samples at 55, we'll knock it down to 53 it, and a half or we'll whatever have, it takes. We'll have like four of them at 55 is my nope. prediction. I'll predict we have one. For, for 10 one. weeks? And it's just this year? Yes. Uh-huh. There might be, uh, you know what? You're going to get me because because the COVID was over. You're right. You're right. It's so gonna, I'll predict two. Of the last two. Three, what I'll predict saying. two of the last 10 and two of the last Any three. closing thoughts, AJ? No, sir. So um, let's think about this a second. So, Fez, you lean Philly or what? Where you? I haven't gotten any opinion from you on like, this. I have none. You think the line's right? Yeah. So you lean to Philly, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. No, I love Rabel. I'm surprised. I'm just surprised at this number. I real. I mean, let's think about this. Now, I did bet the look ahead. I bet plus six and a half last week because I said if Green Bay's if if they're cutting in line to bet Green Bay six and a half, they're, they're I got to take Tennessee six and a half. They're the better team. Plus, if all you not had, as good anymore. Now. If all you had was the two weeks prior to this game, so the Washington game and the Indianapolis game for Philly. Well, Lord, you, they could have had another egg against Green Bay. I love your bet before that game. After the game, I like it a lot. So less. now my bet's not as good, but somehow I'm getting more than the market. It's that's weird. That's my point. I mean, Tennessee it's, didn't do anything to make me optimistic no. after in the Bengal game. I mean, I'm not going to upgrade them for that game. I didn't downgrade them, but I think I'm in the minority. And if I'm not mistaken, has Tennessee had their bye yet? Um, I don't think they have. We've got. We just. We just went through this. Uh, Tennessee has had their buy. They yes. did. Okay. Yes. So Scott who, had these numbers. Who hasn't had their buy yet? Atlanta, Chicago. Well, Atlanta, your best bet, yes. yes. <laughs> Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indy, New Orleans, Washington. Those Scott had those numbers before. Oh, because you're gonna love this trend. He's got Scott's got a, a kick-ass like, trend. No, I, I I believe in this actually. You're but, gonna love. Oh, not you know. Wait till I get to my best bet. Scott's gonna right. push the button. Well, up. Guess where we're going now, Scott? Now also at nine and four, Scott Seidman. Nine and three. All right. Nine and three. Best bet time: the Washington Commanders, Ooh. two and a half against the Giants. Here you go. I'll, put, I'll, put, I'll push it for you. There you go. Fez is pushing the button. Yeah, Continue, this is, Scott. This is Fez's four weight. So, Taylor Heineke's on an absolute roll. We know that. 7-0-1 ATS in his last eight starts. Let's go back his last 14 starts. 11-2-1. We've seen this be a different team with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Now, here's the trend. That is since 2013. You ready for this, RJ? Ready. Tell me what you think about this. Since 2013, 48 and 17 ATS. I like that. That includes 6 and 0 this season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Team playing a divisional game before their bye. Playing this a divisional game before their bye. Doesn't matter where the bye is. Correct. They, okay. This season, we had the Texans get their only win against the Jaguars before their bye. 
The Raiders lost by one to Kansas City, covered. Philly won and covered against Dallas. The 49ers blew out the Rams and covered. The Browns won outright on Halloween against the Bengals. The Jets won outright against the Bills. And now we have the Washington Commanders against the New York Football Giants, a team that they are so focused on. Why? Because not only do they play them this week, they head to their bye, and then they play them again. Two straight games now against the Giants. Now, what, where's the advantage for that? Because the Giants might look ahead to their two, two Giants weeks might from have now, some of their, their staff other gathering film on their next opponent. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, there's, whereas there's, we we got Washington's Washington only just, playing the Giants the rest of the we year. Got three seemingly. weeks. Yeah. Against the Giants now. But I think the big advantage is Washington in the second matchup where they didn't have anything to think of but the Giants for all that. Time. I, I, I do agree with that because because the Giants are going to spend 94% of their time on, on Washington this week and maybe 6% on their opponent week 14. Yeah, yeah. So to me, this is about Washington being on a roll lately. By the way, one, one way, cleaning it up. Like because I knew you'd ask for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the forty-eight and seventeen and the six and zero are great shorter-term trends. Mm-hmm. If we go all the way back, I see no reason that so the NFL... last thirty years fifty-five percent ATS. No, no, I okay. So, but the question is, if we look at the years that aren't from thirteen on, is it break fifty percent? Yeah, okay. But here's why I would say the following: Fez, I would make the case that buys are treated differently now than they were before. Meaning, in general, the, the tenacity of the NFL, the focus, the hard-nosed 60 hours a week is gone down, 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 especially since the uh, collective bargaining agreement in 2012. So to me, 13-12, I like, you know, you did obviously an arbitrary cutoff, but, but the fact is, Feds, wouldn't you say in general that the difference between a division game and a non-division game, which is about how important it is, mm-hmm. has more importance now where teams can have varied effort level before a buy. Some teams could be on, you know, pretty much on vacation. Oh, I see. And you're never going to have that with it. Yeah. And I think Washington's going to go balls to the wall here in this game, knowing that they got a week off. And it's not like they're going to have to study a new game plan the following week. I don't know if we can do this, this query. Mm hmm. I don't like betting teams that are like haven't had a buy all year long. I think that's you, you, I think you, you, you I heard I saw your eyes flicker when you well, said, that, "Oh, haven't had a buy." And well, that was actually the trend that had me on Philly against Washington. Is once you get up to week twelve, or I guess that was week eleven, you're a banged up team, right? I mean, if, if it's a buy against a non-buy team, there's certain spots that are very advantageous. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so just a team in general that's had a buy, at least you, you, you think that they're you know. Physically more sure. fit, less I mean, injured. I, you hear it all the time, and you guys, AJ and Scott, you listen to like the the, the uh, coaches and stuff more. You hear all the time after the fact when they're being honest how tired they were going yeah. those late buys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know. By the so way, that was part of the reason that I liked the Giants. But um, I mean, but Scott's trend obviously is going to mitigate that completely. So I, I'm I, I, at best that's an offset. You know. So, by the way, we've got our record here on this over-under. Good work from McKenzie. So we had two years only in which uh, someone was over or under by 55% or more at the week 10 mark? Yes, through week 10. All right. So in 2010, 59.6% overs through week 10, 51% overs week 11 on. Fez, why did you, why did you put your hand up? That's, oh, because that's, I got the two years right. Okay. Oh, but, okay. but I get, but, but I got, I, I get my underlying premise was wrong. But I got the two years right. <laughs> All right. So tw- twenty one. Now th- this was over. Okay. Now it's the under. 
And uh, in 2021, it was 44.6, and it was 48.4 under the rest of the way. So these trends tend to continue, Fez. No, it didn't. It didn't continue. They only won. F- yeah, but oh, it's wait, still wait, under fifty percent. Oh. oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're, we, if we bet it, we'd bet it at even money, right? Or yeah. at fifty-fifty. Yeah. So 2010, it continued. Yes. By one point percentage point. And by 1.6 percentage points in 2021. You know, one thing that confuses me about the way this is representative, because I short-circuited, mm-hmm. why would, both these years were over years, why would we not just have all the numbers in terms of No, no, of 2021 overs? was an under year. 2021 was only 44.6% unders, that's an over. Okay. See, it, see, it, so I'm it's only 44.6% overs, that's my mistake. Okay. Okay, okay. Why, why would we have the lesser number anyway? Yeah, that's why. I, I, I couldn't even comprehend it. I just yeah. I didn't. It, it wasn't. So, McKenzie, can you, can you give it, read it to us, please? Like, tell me what is really going on here. Is, is yes. the 2010 correct that it's over? Yes. And I, in 2021, it was 55% unders were hitting 55%, and they hit 52% the rest of the way. Okay. Oh, okay. So in both times, it went it, in the it, same direction. It, it continues. So I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. But hey, that's the beauty of having databases, baby. Mm. Fez, what do your power ratings say on this game? Because I feel like these two teams are about even. Well, you had, you've well, had to th- this improve is, Washington. This is a great— the Giants and Washington are even? I think it's pretty close to this, even. I, certainly not to where the Commanders are laying uh, two and a half right. on the road. Okay, right? so, so six of their last seven games, and the one loss, they blew a 10-point lead and lost on a final play field goal to the Vikings. I had that game. All right, let me answer the question. <laughs> So on Monday, you know? on Monday, I had these two teams one point apart, and RJ made the excellent point that when we're doing the market recap show, or it could have been the line, the, the, the market report show, I can't recall. It all blurs. It all blurs. That I had not upgraded Washington enough because I had not, I, I was looking at the stats from the first month when, when, when Wentz was the quarterback, and that was bogus, and I shouldn't give that much weighting at all. So I upgraded Washington an extra point. So I have Washington two points better than the Giants. Couple of changes. Six not of, just one six out of seven. One win oh, against right. a team with a winning record in that stretch. It, who have the Giants? How many times do we talk about the Giants' faulty most schedule? Because the teams with that they winning beat. records don't get beat a yeah. lot. You know, if you if, I mean, you, by if you take a Super Bowl champion, you play seven slightly below average teams, and they go six and one. They're actually exceeding expectations yeah, versus I, you know their expectations. Here's where I was on Washington last. I can't remember. Oh, it was Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. Everyone liked Atlanta. You liked Atlanta. I, I just passed it simply because on the athletic. Did I like Atlanta? I don't. Think I Atlanta. thought so. Well, it Could seemed like a lot. Maybe it was. I felt a lot of pressure to play Atlanta, hmm. and maybe it was because of the line. I I can't remember, but I, I purposely said I'm passing that one, and it's really because of the athletic football show. Those guys on the the one with Nate Tice, uh, who's a Vegas guy actually. Um, he, they watched the film real close, mm-hmm. and they were saying that what Washington is doing because they really like that Turner, who is Nor- North Turner's North Turner's son. son, yeah, and they say he's super creative, yes, right. So generally, and that D, that D line, even without what Chase, right, yep. so out. And again, he's now activated. We don't know. Yeah. Do you have any sense of him this week? No. Um, don't he's be, a, he's he was limited in practice. Yeah, don't be fooled. He got activated because if he didn't, he was going to have to go up, be out the rest of the year. Yep. So, boy, you guys are on it, man. All right, I like it. So, VAM, baby. <laughs> um, Can we look at the Washington win shares during these games recently? Because it sure seems like that, that they're, they're a team that's winning a lot of close games lately. So let, you mentioned the changes. Let's look at the seven. You, you mentioned the changes that you've had to make in your evaluation just because of the quarterback change. 
also, with Brian Robinson, once he came back and established himself as the lead running back here, like, I know it's he like was a, a guy, it, got guy got shot. shot. Yes. Yeah. Look, at what he's, look at what he did last week against Atlanta. Brian Robinson, 18 carries, 105 yards last week against Atlanta. Him and Antonio Gibson are a nice one-two now. And... Taylor Heineke's playing his ass off, especially lately. Again, six out of the last seven. You got one team that's rising, and you got another team in the Giants that seems like all the intensity early in the season winning, they seem to be fading a little bit now. Look ahead line in this game was Pickham. Now, that was before even the Thursday games. Giants cover. Didn't play that well, but yeah, about, about You're never going to give them credit. They cover. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, it matters. That game does, that In does, fact, it's yeah. the only thing right. that matters, right. ultimately. Um, the look-ahead close was Washington minus one and a half. So even before Washington played, it was some Monday people Washington. are starting to get on Washington. And then the world opener one and a half. Then Monday went to two, now two and a half. So we're seeing professional money. I mean, nothing's moving lines on Monday and Tuesday, but professional money. One at a time. So I tell you this: if you like uh, Giants here, you gotta like the teaser. Y- yes. Yeah. That's an advantage, teaser, Fez. I think there's a guy named Stanford Wong. I don't think that's his name. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> that's funny in a way. What's his? I mean, he—it's not a secret. What, John Ferguson. So La Jolla. Isn't it interesting? He's, <laughs> I'm going to do a lot of math. Let me give you the address. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to do a lot of. You wouldn't do that. I would. I would give a lot of math stuff. Let me think. Maybe an Asian name. I mean, doesn't that seem weird? Like if someone's... Uh, well, Stanford is where his... his I don't, I'm talking about Wong. I know. I got to get there. I'm chronological. <laughs> Stanford's Stan- not an Asian That's name. That's not Asian <laughs> Whoa, come on. His daughter went to Stanford. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that's where Stanford came in. All right. And Wong, I'm not so sure. No, I, <laughs> Good cover. I, I have a, I have an idea. Could actually. have named himself Northwestern Chen, but no, he, he, he decided a different way. Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> Look at him. My quantitative. You notice anything different about him? Look at his face. Look at his eyes. He won a national math competition in China. He doesn't even speak English. Yeah, I'm sure of the math. So looking at our, um, after the cookies and stuff, we <laughs> little crumbs are on this, but what I see here is Heineke's PFF grade is horrible. It's like 31 if you put him amongst the starters, which he should be now, obviously. His... Um, QBR is about 22. So fast, 26, 27. I have him 25th. Most people are going to think Heineke's better because mm. the sense is he's a winner. Look how what, they're six and one. I think it's, with, it's without him doing so well, though obviously there seems to be the other team or the, the, the rest of the team playing hard with him. No doubt. That he, a case where you make this case for with the Jets also, the defense is better with the quarterback change because they're more. Um, uh, what's what's the what's the word, RJ? Engaged. Yes, I like that. In the six and one run uh, DVOA, the, the Commanders are seventh on defense. Uh, for passing offense, they are twenty sixth. Well, right there. But what what but what are they for offense? Twenty second. All right. So twenty. That's interesting. So twenty second and six. You said. Twenty uh, second and seventh. Seven. So 29, that's going to be about 15, but you got to wait offense more. Boy, that got him even below average error. And, you know, part of me feels like this is an interesting one. They've won some close games. Remember that McLaurin game where they just throw it up for grabs at the end of the game? Yeah. Who are they playing? That was and, against the Colts, I think. Yeah, and he just comes down with yeah. it, like in a 50-50 fall when they're like 
trailing at the end of the game and need a touchdown? So fourth quarter win share, McKenzie has it uh, for Washington last seven games, 67%. Now, where does that put them if it was on the season? The same as the Titans and the 49ers. Which is ranking what? Eighth and ninth. Okay. So they're playing better than their stats, mm-hmm. right? Because, I mean, if you— it, They're playing well. Yeah. But their win-loss is even better. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not even sure they're playing well if you say that they're 22nd on offense and 7th yeah. on D. Oh, just going by the win share. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I mean. But but that is their actual performance. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. All right, so Feds, it seems like you're because let's let's kind of double back to Scott's great trend. All right, give that one more time. So team playing a divisional game. All right, so the assumption is that they're focused mm-hmm. prior to their bye week, which sometimes they're not going to be focused because mm-hmm. there's a look golf at, bags are packed. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So since 2013, they're 48 and 17, and that's league wide. That's league-wide. That includes 6-0 and this season. The six examples this season, the Texans got their only win of the year mm-hmm. when they beat the Jaguars. The Raiders lost by one to the Chiefs. Philadelphia beat Dallas by nine. The 49ers blew out the Rams. The Browns won outright uh, against the Bengals on Halloween. The Jets won outright against the Bills. So, Faz, I think you agree, or you tell me, it's hard to really like the Giants at this. I mean, that's a pretty big trend. Forty-eight and seventeen is not, a, and it's a very logical trend. Except for it was fifty percent prior to two thousand fourteen. So has the fundamentals of the NFL changed? Maybe, maybe it has. I, I, I. Well, I, first off, we know the NFL is. I mean, think about it. It's just there's like it's three generations later. I, mean, I, I would I would have thought that like in to the year two thousand five, going mm-hmm. back in time, that mm-hmm. this trend would have been even better because I would Why? because I think the teams are more focused each and every week and less likely so, to take a week off. Like so, it, thus there's no differentiation. The theory mm-hmm. is this team has total focus because you remember we were talking about that trend about how the next game. They, 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 how good you know how much uh, how how tough that game is is telling about how much energy you put into this mm-hmm. game. Well, with a bye, there's no energy, right? So, mm. I mean, if anything... Uh, so if, so if, it's a, if there are more weeks, if it's a longer season, and you've, you've got to pick your battles, and this is the game you can pick your battle and go all in, pre-bye. I think so. That makes sense. That I mean, makes sense. And I mean, and I would make the case that the, the biggest demarcation in the history of the... Well, I don't know the history of the NFL. Since 1978, right? They went to 16 games... Mm-hmm. Steelers were winning their third of four Super Bowls in that little six-year period, but um, I would say that that the Chuck rule, they you know, it was called the Mel Blunt rule. They was actually allowed to Chuck all the way downfield before that, mm-hmm. and passing just went through the roof in '78. I would say the collective bargaining agreement uh, that started the first fresh year was twelve. Because eleven, mm. I would make the case that that's one of the key demarcators. Okay, in that's a very good point. So, so we would we wouldn't throw the rest of this in the trash can, the fifty fifty, but it would it would say it's a different league. If I'm a high volume, if I have a high volume situation, I don't even look before two thousand twelve mm. now, just because I've got enough volume, and then I'll look at the end once just to see. I, I still can't get past the the rule two rule here, where if this line was four and a half, I would bet everything on the Giants plus four and a half at home. And if the line was pick, I might be like, it doesn't seem that much out of whack to no, me. No, this is certainly making a statement because, I mean, like we said, if you look at the look-ahead line here, and let's look at it one more time, it was look-ahead was even. So felt right to me. And and what we're seeing is a lot of love for Washington, and yeah. and and I'm not sure it's warranted, you know, at least at this price. But I like that trend. 
I do. I do think it's a really strong trend he got. All right. So, any closing thoughts? All right, AJ. What's our next game? It is your four weight. My four weight. First game on the board. All right, baby. I like the Minnesota Vikings. I'm surprised no one is going against me here. Actually, because the line's two point eight. You're oh, taking a bad oh, number. Oh my god, two point eight. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> now I'm seeing minus three flat. Where, where's the point eight at? You know, I hate it when someone says minus three flat. I never know what that means. It, Does that mean minus three minus? Well, it can't be. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it confuses I, You're right. You're right. You're right. And I think with money line, it used to be people would say flat, like it's no vic or you know no lay. Price. Right. So I always, I so I, I always want. The, well, the how number. would you say it? I you don't say, have to say one ten, one ten. I'd say minus. You can't say minus three even because that's even worse. Yeah. Yeah. So the line, the line is 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 exactly three at equilibrium. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mackenzie, can you tell me what books have this below three? Yes. One second. All right, take your time. Um, okay, so to me, all of my picks this week have a, a, a special late season trend associated with it, which I'm still refining. And um, what I can tell you is is that Minnesota, if we look at next week's game, so um, AJ, can you pull that up real quick? I want to see uh, and look at the Jets next week. Is that what we're going to see here? Is Minnesota is going to be in a much easier game next week? In fact, is Minnesota no. Lions next week? All right, so they got the Lions next week, and the Jets have the Jets next week have the Bills. Bills. Okay, Ooh. so what tends to happen? It, what tends to happen is that when you got that tough game looking ahead, that teams tend to look ahead. They, you know, to at least uh, as especially un- divisional games. Yeah, I mean, tough divisional game. The Jets need like blood against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Well, Bills in a revenge spot. They lost the game to the Jets. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Oh. So, which makes it interesting this, you know, this week too. Um, huh. Okay. All right. So anyway, with Buffalo playing their third straight, I guess effectively road game. Um, back to this though. I also think that that. As much as we know Wilson was the inferior quarterback, it strikes me that we don't have a long history of – I mean, like last year there was one monster game. Yeah. But still, Mike White, it's his fifth start now. The Jets are averaging 28 points per game in his four starts. Okay. I don't care. He's not a good quarterback. He's the third-string quarterback. (laughs) Well, but – He's a great third string quarterback. Okay. Well, I agree with that. Do we agree with this? Minnesota, we well, talked. First of all, he was moved up to second string. Flacco's not hurt. Okay. He's Minnes- a capable second string quarterback. I agree with that. Minnesota. But he's still a backup. And the whole one team of- loves him. So don't. They, they play harder. That's that AJ talk. Minnesota, one of the few teams we give a full three for home field, right? Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this number says these teams are even with the Jets on a backup quarterback. That's impossible. So where do you have Mike White, Fez, on your list? I have him 31st. Okay. So you got a Jets team that lost their rookie of the year offensive candidate. Mm-hmm. All right. And since then, let's not forget, they've been a disaster except for this most recent game. Right? Now we can say that's Wilson, but Wilson was playing better. 
Uh, somewhat, mm-hmm. at least in that Pittsburgh game, he we can, was. We can also say that's Trevor Simeon playing for the Bears. That that was part of why they they looked a lot better this last. Yeah, year. but you, you get they might have got one or two more possessions, but they they did very well on offense. And I do think there's something to their play. Their playmakers are healthy, and except at running back, they got three good receivers. Yeah, but now the receivers are engaged. Yes, like Elijah Moore was. was Elijah Moore wanted to be traded, and all yeah. of a sudden Mike White's back, and Elijah Moore's catching touchdowns. I agree. <laughs> so I'm saying even if you upgrade him. So, Fez, what do you got on the power? So, you upgraded Mike White like two points, right? Uh, point and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, you made a major upgrade. Yep. Sorry, and, the Jets. And how much did you upgrade from Wilson to him before the game? A half point, if I remember, right? Yeah. More. So yeah. So, it's been two points in net. Yes. All right. So, I got the Jets as an average team. Mm-hmm. I got the Vikings half a point better than average. All right. So, in this case, with the home field, that's still a good... I mean, we're lane three. With a team that's worth three at home, and we got the better team. So there's there's one important stat that just should just push you over the edge here. All right, I'm ready. What time is this game? Ooh, it's one o'clock. It's done. It's, it's called Kirk yeah. Cousins. It's Kirk hour. time. Comfort done. Kirk Cousins at one o'clock Eastern time, forty six thirty four and two ATS. When it's not one o'clock Eastern time, twenty one and thirty one ATS. It's at one o'clock. We know this. It's automatic bet. Far, Kirk Cousins. Far be it for me to do your <laughs> handicap, RJ. Yes. But let me ask you: Who is better, the Jets or the Patriots? First off, it's not a monologue. I want to have everyone talk right. about every game. Go ahead, Jets or the Patriots? Patriots. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Minnesota was home last week against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. They were laying three. Yeah, that's a now good Minnesota's point. home against the Jets, the same Jets that were catching three at home against the Patriots, and mm. now Minnesota is. Now that's an interesting point. Yeah. So, so the the perception was that with Wilson, New England was four points better than the Jets, and now. They're being valued equally. And you're saying two points, maybe three. It's not four. It cannot be four. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is a backup quarterback. Yeah. Who they let sit there until last week. Mm. I mean, it, I mean, I know there's uh, contractual issues, draft choice issues. Mm-hmm. Does anyone disagree with this? No. Nope. So why am I the only one on it? Because the line's 2.8. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right. So, by the way, you're right. Westgate plus 100 on the lane of three. Bookmaker. Is minus 101, circa is plus 105, so they're 15 cents. Yeah. Well, I tell you, at two and a half, I'm going to be— uh, I think you might be seeing some Oh, I think we're going to be seeing two and a half. And it's a good point. What I, what I try not to do here is I try not to angle shoot the contest. Because in a way, uh, I angle shoot the contest on Saturday night— but I want to give my best picks based here. on the current market yeah. numbers. No, here's again, who you're I know like. I'm getting yeah. graded by these, but yeah. I'm not going to go crazy with right. it. Right. All right. Next game is a triple like on my three weight, Fez's three weight, and your three weight, RJ. Ooh. All right. So that is I know my three weight, Seattle. Oh, well, I know because it's seven. I didn't even I didn't even look at this line. I thought I was laying seven and a half, and I still had my, my handicap. Had this high. My handicap is simple here. All right. I make the game eight. All right, on a neutral, and make the game eight in L.A. I think it's all Seattle fans. There's not going to be one Rams fan mm-hmm. that's going to show. So this is like the Raiders kind of in L.A. Yes, and I got a Super Bowl champion that's like a historically bad Super Bowl champion. Nobody cares. People aren't going to show up to boo. They're not even going to show up. I don't. I mean, I don't even think the coach is showing up for the Rams. Well, Matt Stafford's not showing up. Cooper Cup's not showing up. Aaron Donald's, Donald's not, not showing up. up. Allen yep. Robinson's not showing up. Like this is. And the- let's be clear. All, all those guys. I mean, we can question Stafford and we can question Don, Donald, but 
others have serious injuries. Yes. yes. And Stafford, I'm not quite – they're saying he's in the concussion protocol. Some people are saying he's high in the elbow. I don't know. Yeah. But when you make a stars and scrubs team, and we talked about this last year with we the We got Rams, scrubs left? All you're left with is scrubs. Uh, it, this is this – is, See, Fez, when you step on someone's line, how bad it is? When you take away <laughs> those guys from this roster, I mean, this is a this is a really talentless team that they're putting out on the field. I right mean, now. this is the worst team in the league. I think second this, worst behind Houston, right? I right got them tied for last year. So you've got I, them I, and Houston the same. Yeah, I I think this you know this is with those rare, guys off the field. I don't think it's crazy. This is a rare road. The coach makes it work. Yeah. A rare road teaser that I'm willing to play. Because I don't think there's a lot of variance. Seattle's going to win the game by you know one to by 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 one to sixteen. Yeah. So let's talk. And right now the market is more towards seven and a half. Yes. So, but remember, Cornegay, when he makes a prediction on these on where the line goes, he's really strong. He is. So I mean, we can expect. I mean, to me, I wouldn't lay seven and a half right now. Sounds it, like he's making this line thinking that Stafford's going to play. No, he always do. No. Always doing his line was eight, and it came down to seven and a half. And he's like, "Oh, they're betting the dog." Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. I disagree. He is too. I mean, what percentage is he right when he takes a stand? Eighty-five. Yeah. So he had a pro bet plus eight. Exactly. He's got. He's got a guy he what respects you have, who took plus eight. Do you have a problem eight. with Cornegay now? That's, it's for, not, I mean, that's for another pod. Okay. Well, it's for yeah. It's for no pod because <laughs> because. because all these batters, all they want to do is get on air, and they want to complain and think they're going to leverage it. They allow me to bet $100 in college basketball extra games. That's very generous that they let me bet $100 Why? on the it's, app. Whose job is it to take losing bets? You're a winner, Fez. Yeah, so let me bet 500 give you some information instead of 100 Well, that's their choice, but, you know, they seem fine. to be doing all right. It's fine. They, Lights are still would, on. Huh? The lights are still on. You would, th- you would think them giving you two six-figure checks for two Super Bowl contests might have made him kind of one of your favorites. Now, <laughs> I'm very grateful that they that they hosted those contests. That, that was then. This is now. It was a long time ago. Now I'm pissed <laughs> off again. I mean, it was more than a year ago. Well, they Good faith they, is gone. It's not like they anteed up the prize pool and they made a nice administrative fee for years off of that contest. No. Also, for they they weren't they were, were they taking money out the year you were doing it? I don't I, think so. I think I they don't, took I money think, off they, like three years. Yeah, and then they started going three percent, then they went eight yeah. percent, which basically and yeah, that's an, came in. Yeah, and that's another pod. But let's agree with the following quickly. If you were a bookie. And you didn't think you needed the act or the opinion, would you take bets from a, a known winner? If you didn't think you needed the action, meaning you had enough, I would take limited action, like a hundred dollars. I give him half the I give him half the normal limit. You ever think of betting? half? Because that way he that way he's keep, he's preventing me from get, taking like ten like five grand on something. I let that, somebody else bet two grand, and that guy's basically working for me. What's the normal but, limit on extra on I, extra I, games? I, I assume it's five hundred, so give me two fifty or whatever. You know, give me give me half. I don't think they really overthought this. Yeah, well, In they fact, should, and I'm but they should. Cordigay had nothing to do with it. You're right. It's, I, I mean, you know, it's some. It's probably someone in, in in marketing. It's not or or in risk. Obviously, now I think you know, but it's not going to be a, the head of the multiple out. You know, the multiple location Superbook. It's my old friend Ed Salmon's coming back. It's still upset. I beat him in the Stardust Invitational. <laughs> you know what's funny? There is nothing worse than a bookie that thinks he's got a real good opinion because he's always got an attitude. 
Like I like the bookies that are humble. Like like Chris Andrews, he he'll book he'll book a side, but he doesn't he doesn't act like he knows more than the batters. That that's I, that, that is spot on. But but, but it's the pendulum so far with him that literally he'll do an entire who's show. He now? Chris Andrews. Okay, he'll do an entire show and setting you got the lines. A problem with him too. <laughs> Fine with Chris. That's for another another yeah. pod. But he'll go. He'll, he he does a two-hour show explaining what, what the lines he's going to open up on Monday morning. First of all, it's not a two. There's a segment. No, it's an entire show. Okay. It's not a segment. It's it, the entire it takes show. Two hours to get to sixteen yeah. games. Yeah, they go slow. So, I but guess. but but literally, he'll say, "I make this game three and a half, but everyone is dealing two and a half." So I'm going to open two and a half. He never t- he values well, his opinion at all. all. That's oh, not it's, true at all. Oh, it is. I, I, like when he has a big difference in well, opinion, he there does, was a seven and a half out there on Green Bay. If the line is if the line is seven and seven and a half split, he'll then he'll take his opinion and he'll deal seven or seven and a half. But if the market is two everywhere, he'll he does not deal two and a half. He always copies the market. Always. Well, I I disagree. Hmm. It's more um, than just him too. I mean, you know, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. This is best, best yeah. practices. This well, is no. I don't think it's best practices at all. That's what everyone does. Yeah, it's not best practices. Yeah, you're right. That's I'm, the wrong term. It's it's just first of all, it's not what Circa does. Hmm. Absolutely right. Circus doesn't care. Circa will if they think a line should be six and everyone else is nine, they'll just open six. Well, that's maybe stupid. six and a half. Maybe yeah, yeah. it's stupid. Maybe I mean, six and a half. You you know the old say. I mean, I think I'd open eight and a half and keep staying ahead, right? Because yes. you're gonna get all the money then anyway. Anyways, no one's gonna take eight and a half. Yeah. It's a stopper, you know. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Now I corrected Faz on this stuff. I, I will say this about Andrews. A lot of people and this is defending him, a lot of people are less wanting to take the early, early action with an off number. Because, I mean, you're just out there, you know, for the sharpest sharps. Come Thursday, Friday in the NFL, it seems like, especially when it's off, not a key number, everyone's four and a half, or most people's four and a half, there's a couple of five, you're at five. But that that is going to swing your action big, right? I mean, so I'm not saying he's going to be at two and a half when other people are at three and a half, but would, I mean, I would say South, I would say this, if you said, I'm going to take five books, and let's say five good books, mm-hmm. and uh, let's say sharp books, I think you're going to get as many bets at South Point as anywhere. Meaning that it's going to have an off number. Well, sure, because of what they do with the three. You oh, know. Okay. That, I mean, is, that's huge. That's great for the player. Yeah, and he's navigating. Maybe he's, maybe his full appetite on having a position is taken up by the three. That is a minefield I would not want to navigate as a bookmaker. Yeah. Yes. But, but I would say even beyond that is maybe Circa would give you the most Hmm. Um, bats because they they have even more of an opinion. Mm-hmm. But I would say South Point has more of an opinion than Westgate. I agree, right? Yes, and I'd say it has more of an opinion than Bookmaker, though in a way mm. Bookmaker sets the market, so they they're never going to be off. Yep. Like it, it would only be that couple mi- a minute that they change a number that other people haven't, right? Yeah, I, I think Bookmaker does an except an well, exception. Bookmaker is a better book or, or a tougher book. But, to like beat. there could be like an extra game odds, and like five books have a ten, and Bookmaker will open a five. No, They'll just say I, screw you guys, you're drunk, you're, you're drunk fools. But effectively. The way I phrased it, you you wouldn't get a ton of bets at Bookmaker just because everyone's going to copy them. Well, yes, and what happened? <laughs> what's funny is like when they do that. Even though there's like six books at ten and Bookmakers at five, you blink and you know what the line is? Five and a half everywhere. Well, it's not five, right? Yeah. Um, and you see that? I mean, we see that with Bet Online and, and Bookmaker. With and this is Bet Chris is the same book. Yeah. Um, but we see that with Bet Online and Bet Chris at the open, right? Is I mean, they will be three, four points off. 
it gets from what Bet Online had as the world open, and it moves. Yes. All right, next game. Oh, are we good with this one? Yeah, just uh, the put a, uh, Rams zero and five ATS. As oh a no, dog we gotta keep, we gotta talk more about this game. Continue. Yeah, we just the Rams are zero and five ATS as a dog, and it feels like the Seahawks now are in a fight to for oh, a for playoff sure, spot. For sure, and the Rams sitting Aaron Donald, sitting Matt Stafford, and again, like you said, I don't know if Matt Stafford's still concussed or not, but either way, it feels like they're mailing it in. Like they they're done with the season. And the sad thing is, for them, they don't even have their draft choice. No, hmm. I mean, you think they fight like hell not to give Detroit such a good pick? Well, Aaron Donald being out completely, it's it's. I don't think there's any fight left in this Rams team without him. Because he doesn't – let's be honest. This feels like a choice on his part. This is the first time he's missing the game in his career. Holy, I didn't realize It's an that. excellent choice of, yeah. choice of time. Yeah. I mean, well, that, I tell you, that's a sign of some turmoil right yeah. there, buddy. Or some good business decisions. Yeah, but he never made one before. They they weren't always winning. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it's – it, Like, think about how cool it would be if you're an NFL player to say, yeah, I played 15 years in the league, never missed a game. Well, if the he's Rams like, were no, a good – <laughs> If the Rams were a good team fighting for a division race, Aaron Donald's playing with the same country. Yeah. I think if the Rams were fighting for a playoff spot – yeah, Matt Stafford's playing. Well, we don't know about that, but, but they're saying he's in the protocol. Though the Rams are renowned for not telling the truth. With the Rams injuries. are liars about injuries. Yeah, period. most teams are liars. They're an extra liar. Yes, they're double liars. Now, Scott, you don't have this. What uh, was you thinking? Uh, so I saw this trend, and I don't know what it means because it's not like it was. Uh, it's not like the game was in Las Vegas, so there's no <laughs> Vegas flu. But this season. Teams, the game after playing the Raiders are just one in ten straight up. Well, because they're celebrating wins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's probably champagne. So last week was the first yeah. time they were through. No. <laughs> but I mean, listen, they, uh, you know, it, the one thing that you have to worry about with the seat with the Seahawks after last week's performance is, will the Rams do what the Raiders did and run all over them? And there's, I don't think there's any chance the Rams run all over no, them no. this week. I'm, I, I kind of want to change and make this my two weight just well, to remember, jump on board. One, you got your one weight. Yeah, I'm kind of toying between a couple of games. This uh, is one of them for the one right. weight. I could just be a bandwagon hopper and jump on with you guys. So, um, this is another situation where if we look at the if we look at the look ahead here. Um, Seattle and the Rams. Can you look at next week's games for me, AJ? Um, And I will say this. I'm concerned about Seattle. I love them. That was my favorite personal pick last week. I didn't like three and a half, you know. Mm -hmm. But my thinking was that was a crazy trip to Germany. They didn't play well. It's the only game they hadn't played well effectively since the San Fran game. And they then had a bye. Right, so it was like they. I thought they were ready. Raiders were in turmoil. I mean, they could have won. They could have easily won by seven. I mean, Raiders drove late to score, but I I would have expected it not to be that close. So I'm a little suspicious of Seattle, but I think the Rams have effectively waved the white flag. And what's Seattle's weakness? There, I mean, their defense isn't very good, but the Rams aren't going to score twenty. On anybody. Now, that I sent you guys some composite uh, stats on the quarterback. What did you think of uh, last week? Um, what did you think of his performance? Obviously, it wasn't great, but. Of Gino or of Bryce? Uh, Bryce. Oh. I mean, he had, there was he it looked like he was getting comfortable at one point during the game, but. And then he started throwing interceptions. Yeah, it was he not got too a, comfortable, too and they were like, you know what, I'm going to start <laughs> chucking the ball around, which I think was their only way to win. It, it just, he's. 
Bryce Perkins. Rams host Raiders. Seahawks host Panthers next week. Okay, so once again, Seattle with the you know the the Raiders aren't necessarily a uh, uh, a monster. Obviously, well, that's interesting. Huh. Well, just Seattle being this much better means that in general it won't be. Well, I mean, we got to look ahead, right? What Mackenzie, we got them, or you got them, Fez? For next yeah, week? I got them. So what's the line? Oh, in... oh, for next week, I don't have them. Well, that's a look ahead. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, I got him. One second. Yeah, pull it up. All right, so um, what's our next game? And we'll get that in a second. It'll be the Miami-San Francisco game. Scott's three-weight. Okay. My, no, so he said, no, thank you. I'm not interested in Seattle, but I'm going to take Miami. Instead, they are plus four against San Fran. Yes, and I like Miami catching over a field goal here. I know everyone's all in love with San Francisco as the – Third best team in the NFL, maybe the second best team in the NFL. They're clearly going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Jimmy G is all that in a bag of chips. Uh, Miami is the second best offense in DVOA in the NFL. This is the best offense that the 49ers' incredible defense will face. Now, you can say it the other way around, right? This is the best defense that the Dolphins' offense is going to face. The last time the 49ers played... An offense that comes close to this Dolphins team, it was when they allowed 44 points to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Tua against the NFC, 7-1 straight up, 6-2 ATS. Kyle Shanahan as a favorite, fifth worst coach since he came into the NFL as a head coach in 2017. Now, now let me ask you, I'm sorry. Why why is Tua better against the NFC than the AFC? Not used to seeing his him in these this offense. Okay. I mean, no one's seen this offense before yeah. this year. This sure. Is, like, Tua prior to this right. season is, like, I don't think any priors on Tua matter. Well, I think I, th- I think facing a lefty quarterback is a little awkward. Yes. You know, and so if you're not studying game film on him because you're not a divisional opponent or you're not an in-conference opponent like last year or this year, I think it's a little awkward at first. Right. Um, that so, sounds good. And, and looking at what Tua does best, because you got to be worried about the, the the pass rush, right, for the, for the 49ers, yeah. especially if uh, there's going to be some tackles missing from Miami. Armstead out. Armstead's not listed out. He's he could, he could, Mike McDaniel said today he's not playing. Did he say that today? Because the today last he, I saw was that Mike McDaniel said that he Armstead could could play this weekend. But he, what I read today, Mike McDaniel says Teron Armstead won't play. Austin Jackson unlikely to play this week. I thought it was the other way around. I thought Jackson was out and Armstead was the guy that could play because his injury is not as severe. But anyway, what Tua does the best is get the ball out quickly. How do you deal with a pass rush? You get the ball out quickly. Into your two skill position guys in Tyreek and in Jalen Waddle, you put the ball in their hands and you let them do their thing like the Kansas City Chiefs did when they scored 44 points, once again, against this defense. And uh, this is a stat that I have this year. Underdogs, the total in this game is low, right? Where are we at right now? We're at a 46 and a half. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I got this total wrong. I thought this total was going to come way higher. So here we go. Yeah, I thought Miami was just a dead nut over, and and San Fran's offense coming coming around. So it, 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 you love San Fran. Oh, I do. By the way, I'll, I'll mention that stat again. Kyle Shanahan in his career as a favorite, fifth worst coach since he became a head coach. Twenty one, twenty eight, and one ATS. They just don't do well as a favorite. Mm-hmm. Underdogs by more than a field goal in games with a total of forty seven or less this year. 
66% ATS. So if this total goes up to 51 40, and 26. But if it goes up to 47 and a half, it doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. That would be correct. But I it's, but it's a 46 right. It was the other way around. It was the other way around. Yeah. yeah. So Jackson out, right tackle rather, out. Armstead right tackle in. out. Armstead could, mm. could play this. Armstead game. has a torn pec. So like if he plays, well, it would I mean, be... You're not a doctor. Who who knows, right? No, it's a grade two strain. What I'm saying is, some, what I'm saying is, sometimes they wrap them things up, and I mean, different positions. If anything, he's not going to hold. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that to me, this is about, and everyone could say. So let's let's. Th- do there's going to be a lot of familiar. There's going to be a lot of familiarity, and and if anybody's going to be able to defend against this Mike McDaniel offense, it's going to be Kyle Shanahan, the student well, versus the teacher. Yeah. I think it's the other way around. I think Mike McDaniel Uh-oh. is going to have some tricks up his sleeve that he's going to be able to uh, confuse Kyle Shanahan because Shanahan might see a formation, right? And he's going to say, hey, I recognize this formation because I, I've seen this before, right? I know what Mike likes to run when he has a receiver in the slot here and two backs in the backfield. And so he's going to position his defense a certain way, and McDaniel's going to screw with his head, and he's going to have something different out of a similar look. That's where I give the advantage to the Dolphins. So let's get McKenzie's start on this after Fazes. so we'll let him know because he's a San Fran guy. What do you think, Fess? So I make this game four, which means it's going to be tough for me to find a play unless it's mm-hmm. got matchups or intangibles. No, I understand. We're not looking for a play. We're looking for what do you think the keys of the game are? I, I actually think the key here is I've got bet on versus bet on. I, I love what Miami's doing. I think it's a team that's trending upwards and getting better each and every week, as is San Francisco. And unfortunately, they're playing each other. So someone is going to win this game, yes. hopefully convincingly. And then we're going to have an opportunity to buy San Fran or Miami off of a loss. Speaking of someone's going to win, I'm rooting so hard for no ties the rest of the year. Because I believe that next year, I'm, I'm going to say this right now, I'm going to bet 20000 on on over one and a half ties. Next Ooh. year, I'm gonna. It will be like a major whole season. I'm gonna be rooting for ties <laughs> because I believe it's the over under for ties next year might be three and a half. What's what's changing that? I, I think that the whole ten minute thing. It's been crazy. I mean, think short of how many, sample of the ten minute. There should be ties that we're just not getting them. I and mean, there's so many of, games that could have uh, exactly the, Ra- the Raider game where yeah. where the Chargers were supposed to play for a tie. Like anyone watching the World Cup, when you play for a tie, you know what happens, RJ. You tie. It, it strikes me <laughs> that, that that there could have been four this year with no problem. But doesn't what happened last week? Those two games that normally would have gone to overtime, not going to overtime because teams are willing to go for two. Does that yeah, kind of turn that, you that's off a fact, of it? Though, I guess, that's a really good observation. It's, it's a good one. I, a good but one. I would still bet. I, I it w- feels like there's more overtime in the games than ever. But coaches are only going to go for two when there's less than like 35 seconds left. And I would the memo this. has come out on that, and both of those applied. And I would make one more point. Which is there's more ties from teams coming back from like down 15 or whatever mm. because they're so aggressive with twos earlier, and it seems like you got teams coming back and, and tying games up a lot more too, right? Yeah, like if you look at was it the Chargers Denver game that there was the muff punt that like literally frees it? That game's going to end in a tie, and then the, yeah. the kid drops the punt. Mackenzie, do me a favor. Let's look at the number of ties the last 10 years. So just say overtime equals one, then have a sort by mm. season, and just give me the game count. All right. All right. Um, oh, by the way, did I didn't get this now that we're doing a few things, AJ. Can you get me – we were talking about next week's uh, – oh, no, Mackenzie was giving me this spread. 
Um, when you get a chance, Mackenzie, you were getting the look ahead for that Seattle um, next week and the Rams? Seattle minus seven is the look ahead versus Carolina. The Rams are plus five and a half versus the Raiders. Okay. So, I mean, you got one team that's a clear, clear favor. Other team, it's a clear dog. So the Rams, think about how this is how bad the Rams have become. They're home. The Rams are home against the Raiders. An average team, and they're catching five and a half. And, and their, their win count is an average, even. Yeah. Right? All right. So, what do we figure out, McKenzie? How many ties? Been 20 ties in the last 10 years. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean ties. I meant over. How many overtimes? Sorry about if I misspoke. Now, what if, so you know this year there's the change for overtime in the playoffs. Okay, so, so go over that change. So each team will have the opportunity to possess the ball. So it's no longer. Which actually increases the chance of a tie. Right? That's, that's what I'm saying. So in the playoffs this year, it's not in the regular season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the regular season, it's still the same way it was as of the change of last year, whatever, where the team that gets the ball first can score a touchdown and win the game. But we don't know about 2023, do we? But what I'm saying is this year in the playoffs, if the team that gets the ball first scores a touchdown, mm-hmm. the other team gets a chance to possess the ball. What the competition committee does yeah, a lot of exactly. times yeah. is review these well, things, and this could become the new regular season yeah, overtime rules. No, it won't. No, would, well, but, no. It would lend to more t- way, possibility for ties. I mean, I could try to bet you. Goodell said that's the intention. I, I don't think the players will approve it because of the— Players don't have to approve anything. Well, they, the, the players don't want it because they don't want to play full overtimes. They want the game to end because they don't want everyone to get hurt in overtime. They've already but they also 15 don't, minutes to 10 minutes. Yeah, and they don't well, want to lose the game when they never got the ball. Because oh, right that's now, a good point. Right I now, think Josh right, Allen right. would have risked injury to get a shot at the ball. Yeah, yeah well, playoff. So, but you, you win the coin toss, you still take the ball, though, even with this rule change. No, right? with the rule change, you, you defer. Remember, we spent like 45 yeah. minutes yeah, doing this. Close. You yeah. defer because now if you hold them there's, to— there's, No, because you get a two, you're right, but you get a two-for-one. So there's, 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 there's pluses and minuses. Okay, so, so what I'm— Mackenzie, what I'm asking for is in, in how many overtimes have there been each year for those years? Because the question is, is there a trend line with the, all the twos moving away from overtime? And I'm only specifically looking through the weeks that we've played. So we played 12 weeks. Yes. So just go week, uh, and I should have said that, uh, go week one through 12 uh, from 2012 onward and just give me the overtime count year by year. Got it. Thank you. Do you think it's going up? I don't know. My sense is that overtime hasn't gone down. Hmm. And the theory is... That that's what people would think, um, based on what you know you're saying. Two pointers. Two. Yeah. All right. Anything else on this one? You got the button. There. Oh, was this oh, was I there going to be a counter bet against them? No, I, I, do. Thought, I, I actually thought that McKenzie wanted to have a bet, but he didn't. I do have one more thought. This okay. this this analytic stuff of going for two down eight is going to hurt our overtimes because teams used to just kick the extra point when they scored the last two touchdowns and they'd head to overtime. Mm-hmm. And now when teams down eight, they go for two. If they get it. Then you can't get to overtime anymore. And I'll bet Scott on the on the forty nine. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we just look at the numbers? So, what's our numbers, Mackenzie? So it's the leftmost column, forty six in two thousand twelve. I know we don't have to start there. Sort sort in reverse order. So I want to see the most recent games first, or most recent hmm. season first. Okay. All right. So, well, I guess we. All right. So we're saying we got twenty two this year, twenty eight last year, but then sixteen ten. 20 and 22 so wow so last year was a monster but 22 is way above the average that's interesting huh Hmm. all right so i would say i mean if we look at it 
from uh, 17 on, it's 22, 20, 10, 16, 28, 22. So there's a little bit more than average lately, hmm. but not as much as last year. Yeah, I, I know it feels like there's been a lot of over, which if anything— well, Every Raider game goes over time. I mean, if anything, if you look at this, Fez, the last, this year and last year's the highest two-year total of any two years hmm. in succession. So all this theory— Oh, Mackenzie says, Scott, I made you, I made you sweat. The Shanahan's are coming to town, baby. <laughs> right. I'm riding with the McDaniels. <laughs> yeah, Yilly. I like McDaniels. All right, so um, you got 45 seconds to make your case. I don't need that long. It was I was pretty neutral in the game, but something you said uh, piqued my ears, and I'm like, no, that's that's not how it's going to work. The Chiefs and their yak had to do with a Patrick Mahomes quarterback that's very different from Jimmy Garoppolo. Talk about familiarity. This sounds like 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 slam poetry. <laughs> They're blanking their yak. It's exactly what they do. It's exactly what they talk about and teach and preach. I feel like the 49ers defense is going to have a huge edge here. When they try to go for those short passes, I feel like our zone defense is going to be a perfect matchup for it. I'm alive, and Appearing on Tuesdays at... <laughs> All right. I actually am suspect of the Miami defense. So let's take a look at Miami's. Put up their games, Mackenzie. I think their their Ds look too good. And maybe you can do me a favor, AJs. Let's look at the DVOA over. A, we'll see what number of games we went to here. All right. So make it a little bigger. Texans are the Texans, right? So whatever. Um, boy, they, they're worse than they were last year. I'll tell you that. My AJ, you were pretty right on that. Dolphins and Browns, they give up 17 against the Browns. That's decent. Um, Bears, they give up 32. Lions, they give up 27. And they win that game by four. They only win by three against the Bears. Steelers, you know, whatever. But if we look at the last, meaning they did well. If we look at the last four games, that D looks bad. 27 against the Lions, 32 against the Bears, 17 against the Browns, and the Texans even getting 15. I don't see anything that's making me think. I mean, let's think about this. Who's I think we got to throw the Texans game in the garbage can. 30 to nothing. Well. Garbage. Yeah. Don't even count it. All right. But, I mean, we're not giving them credit either, are No, we, we just right. go ahead and go. So what I'm saying is then now we're looking at giving up 27 to the Lions, 32 to the Bears, and the Browns with 17. Mackenzie, look at the game uh, projections. Should that score have been higher or was that appropriately uh, scored? One sec. But the Bears, Bears torched them. Bears were just And the Lions incredible. torched them. Yeah. So I guess my question is, and then we if we just keep going back a little bit, all right, 24, and they lost to the Vikings. And um, let's see, they gave up 40 against the Jets. They gave up 40 against the Jets? <laughs> Our projections say Miami 36, Cleveland 22. Pretty close. Well, but no, we're saying that's another five points. True. So, I mean, my thought is, is Miami team— The game against the Jets was Skylar Thompson, a quarterback. But he's talking about the defense. I'm yeah. just saying. I feel like the team was a little. Then they gave a 27 to the Bengals. And remember, the, we remember when we played. Was that the game? That was a Teddy Bridgewater game. 
Yeah, but again, we're talking D here. I, I'm just saying the team gets disheartened when they don't have Tua on the field. They should. The opposite should happen. They, gave they should up th- play harder. Point. And they gave up 38 against the Ravens that can't score. Oh, they're 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 they're, they're kind of like the Miami Dolphins team or the Marino teams when their team wasn't good. Remember when said my husband can't throw and catch the ball himself? Mm-hmm. Mike McDaniel can't coach this offense and defense himself. Well, yeah, there you okay. go. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's some McDaniel prop we're playing here. But fans, That's why I think the total should be higher. So why, so why aren't we bending over? We are. I did already. Uh, all right. Yeah. So wh- I bet last week I told AJ, oh, I bet over 46, and this is the stupidest total I've ever said. And I said, it's going to open 50. So, And what's the current number? Like 47. 46. So, but it half. has gone yeah. up. By, by, yeah. From the the rogue well, number, I got. Sound? I'll, take, it I'll take the forty six if you want. You can have the forty six. <laughs> hey. Um, okay, so I guess my question is: assuming that's the case, in Miami, and what's DVOA say on the season for Miami's D? Okay, the thirteen nothing San Fran final isn't helping. You know that, that that they had such a low scoring game against the Saints last week. But that actually that was one that should have had a lot more points yeah, in it too. But it it should have thirty five. Seventeen on the season. Seventeen. So a, a below average defense. Yep. And number the, two on offense. Yeah, the offense is yeah. great. Where do you got Miami, Fest? I got Miami seventh. Mm-hmm. That seems high. Who's eighth? Cincinnati. No, oh, I think Cincinnati. Oh, give me Cincy against Miami on a neutral. Well, Chase, as soon as Chase comes back, they'll be better. I don't know if Chase. DVOA has Miami eighth. We think he is. So second, the, the second Chase gets reported in, they become better. All right. All right. Moving Agreed. on. So, so you took Miami. Yeah. I might. Mm. Mackenzie, you like what was it that you didn't like that he said? He compared the Chiefs' offensive success against the 49ers' defense to the Dolphins, and I just don't think they couldn't be more different from the two quarterbacks' perspective. One mobile, one immobile. Yeah, except here's the thing. Kansas City throws a lot of short. I mean, Kansas City's playing a lot like Miami now. Right? Miami's playing a lot like San Francisco. Sometimes Mahomes runs around for three well, seconds and then First of all, Miami's playing short. nothing like San Francisco. So, uh, Miami has. Uh, uh, Miami doesn't run the Grumbo's ball. best game. Yeah, it's, it's like if San Francisco said, we're going to run all our passing plays and none of our running plays. That's Miami. And, he, and they ran them exceptionally well. Yeah, they got, they, got, they got the weapons to do it. And they got the coach to do it. Look at number one and number two in well, our quarterback composite. They obviously composites. don't have the coach to do it. I don't think Shanahan's a coach that lends itself to great passing. That would be oh, good for I'm the, the Dolphins, right? Oh, okay. I'm just saying, our two, the top two quarterbacks in our composites here, Patrick Mahomes and Tua. No, I agree. I mean, listen, Kansas City has become more of a ball control, short passes. They lead the league in yards after catch. Yeah, so, I mean, it does feel analogous to me. And they scored 44 on this 49ers defense. I think the big concern is it's got to be the health of the tackles. If they, When Armstead left last That's week against point. the Texans, Tua got sacked four times in the fourth quarter. Like, Why were they even passing four times? All right, I'm doing it. <laughs> All right, McKenzie, let's do it, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's ride. Let's go. Pilatos <laughs> for life. You don't you you don't like it, Hafez? With the tackles out? Can't bet every game. Especially when you have hundred dollar limits. All right, what's next? Fez's two weight. Okay. Fez's two weight. Every Raiders game goes to overtime. It's the Raiders. It's the Chargers. How are you feeling about Herbs? Last week, I thought it, I felt really good. He was horrible last week. He literally won the game for him. He was horrible across the game. Go ahead, Faz. He was got? good in the last drive. Uh, I'm on the Raiders. Homer, plus one and a half. I hope it goes to overtime. I hope it's a tie because then I'll win. The 
I don't understand this line at all. So do you know what a team, how teams do when they are off two overtime games? I, I, you know, I was going to have McKenzie query it, and I can't yeah. be good. What are you paying McKenzie? How much? Nothing. <laughs> All right, take a gander. I didn't want him to get mad at me. McKenzie, do, do the uh, two overtimes first. I looked at this already. But also mm. then do two overtimes with both the games being away. Mm. That's fatigue. That probably can ex- that probably explains why. So he, so if I, I look at these numbers, I was shocked by this. I look defensively. I look at my yards per play because I'm an old fossil, and I like that stat. They both give up six yards per play. Equivalent defenses that are bad. All right? Then I look at the offenses. The Raiders gain almost six yards per play. That's not a surprise. Raiders are dead nut over team. Nice offense. I expected. I'll look at the Chargers. They'll be about the same. But they're not the same. The perception is that Herbs is a very good-looking man, and they've got this kick-ass <laughs> offense. The reality is this offense— Clean jawline. This offense sucks. It sucks. I mean, they're barely gaining five yards of play. I mean, they're a well below average offense. I, given that's the case, and they're on the road, how in the world are the Chargers laying the one and a half and they got away with one? I mean, that was a minor miracle that they got that win. I mean, think about what they needed to do just to get the win. They're, they're laying two against Arizona. You say, well, they met expectations. They won by one. Well, no, they were down you know, seven at the end of the game, and they got the octopus to steal the win. Um, good, you know, good for I them. The oct- the snowman. They got the snowman exactly. They could easily have lost that game by seven, and we'd be looking at this like, what? Is, what is? What? Why are? Of course, the Raiders should be favored in this game. Value Raiders, but I'm worried about the over double overtime trend. The, the uh, Allegiant Stadium is the second most profitable over since the Raiders moved to Vegas. Fourteen six and one overs. Hmm. Okay, so our overtime. You go. You come to a game in Vegas. You get a show. I got yeah, something. I got something for you with the over. With the over. What do we got here? All right. So if it's overtime and an overtime away and away in those two games, three, four, and one against the spread. So that's eh, all right. But over. over under six overs, two unders. And it's six points per game. Oh, I like this, this game is flying over because here. the overtime should impact the defenses more. Yeah. more this game than is the flying over. This game's going over. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, and the only way the only way I lose my Raiders is if the Chargers are effective on offense. Five weight Chargers Raiders over. <laughs> What's this? But but this total fifty and a half. Yeah, key number fifty one. So Mackenzie, pop me up without the aways real quick, and then we then you can give me that other one. I want to show you guys something here too. Um, all right, so this is no away away, and uh, it's thirteen and nineteen against the spread, down a point, double overtime. Yeah, and any 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 scenario. Any, I, this, I think that this is much more significant. That obviously being yeah, double road game. can't help you. Yeah, and um, eighteen and fifteen to the over. So though that double road, it makes sense. That the fatigue yeah, adds that, that on the on over. the total, yes. All right, so check this out. So we've been thinking a lot about EPA, and Mackenzie and I have been working on this. And uh, I'll explain to the listeners. AJ, you might want to take a look at this up here. Is uh, um, so what well, a lot of numbers. I know, but let's stay centered <laughs> in the centered here. Is what we are thinking is this: that you have. The line of scrimmage plays, all right, throughout a game. Offense, defense, you know, and then the other team's on offense. Okay. Now, what happens, though? You get every possession, you have a starting EPA, right? Maybe it's you get it on the 25 because it was kicked, right? Maybe you have a kickoff return that goes to the 10 the other way. There's all these different scenarios. And, Fez, you always say things like, 
Well, they had two short drives. There was a th- and it's like, all right, how do we quantify uh-huh. that? So what we decided to do was say, we're going to take all of your assumed or expected points at the first play of every drive and make that one number. Mm-hmm. Then make every snap that they do in those drives another number. Mm-hmm. That's we're breaking up where you started versus how you did. Mm-hmm. And boy, this game was an eye popper. So the Chargers last week against Arizona had about 15 points of value at the start of their drives. They Good, were, great field position. They, if they would have just met expectations, they would have scored 15, right? Oh. Which is actually the way this is. It's very high because if you look at Arizona, it was only nine points. 15 so, over expectations. So, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, so – so um, instead of scoring 23, their team total, whatever it was, they should the Chargers should have scored 38 because they were gifted great field position. Yeah, and just to be clear, Mackenzie, it's not this is expected points, not expected points added. So what's oh, gonna, that's true. Yeah, so what's going to be the over and above this is, but here's the thing: almost all offenses are positive expected points throughout a game, right? So let's say right now the Chargers just in field position gained six points. All right. Relatively, or uh, yes, six. Now, if you look at the snaps, where it's everything, but we're taking out turnovers, though, that's separate. Snaps at the line of scrimmage without turnovers. Arizona gained 10.5 points, Chargers two points. So the Chargers offense literally gained two points of expected points the whole freaking game, counting that last drive. Mm. But it looked closer because of the fact that they had five points in field position. Mm-hmm. And then if you look down, we've got the punts, extra points, two-point conversions, field goals. For example, Philly lost three and a half points. Or not Philly, Arizona, three and a half points on field goals. So now there's another thing that the Chargers really didn't do anything about missed field goals, right? Mm-hmm. And then finally, turnovers, 2-0, Arizona 2. And that adds up to about six points. So uh, the turnovers, what about? Well, actually, about eight, half. right? Yeah. yeah. So think about that: eight points of turnovers against Arizona, three points of missed field goal against Arizona, and six points of field position against Arizona, and they barely lost. Chargers were a fraudulent win there. They'll give them credit on the last drive. Yes, I think that extremely well said. And think about the line move in this game. So the line was four and a half. This game. Yes, Arizona's right. catching four and a half. It closes Arizona plus two. So people are cutting in line all week long to bet against the Chargers because I don't think they're betting on Arizona, all right? I agree with that. Okay. And so if Arizona wins outright by 10, up, oh, cat's out of the bag. Chargers overrated. Let's bet against the Chargers. The word is out. The memo's out. But because the Chargers found a way to win, I think it masks the fact that the wise guys hate the Chargers right now. It's surprising that this line – I mean, you're saying that the Raiders and the Chargers are about equal teams, right? I have the Chargers better by – not a lot. One second. By two, by two, I, have the, I actually have the Chargers better by two points. But I, well, but I think the, Char- the Chargers – I know. I think the Chargers are too high. I think I, 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 I was looking at this coming in. I was like, oh, I got the Chargers 12th. So That's way too high. I'm literally dr- driving? No, I was – so what'd you at the think, red light, you know. What'd you think of this, guys? Is I, we're going to be putting yeah. this out for everyone. This is I'm too high on the Chargers. The Chargers should be minus a half. They should be one point better on a neutral, and the game's at the Death Star. And again, we're going to have it formatted where it's a little more understandable. But just the concept of like it. your starting field position, your line of scrimmage snaps, your turnovers, and then everything else is you know field goals, extra points. Can you utilize but, this? 
to then come up with like a projected score for the upcoming game? Just by, yeah, well, by changing by, the by, power by, by power rating. Yeah. yeah. By, because to me, there's very little field position that's going to repeat itself. But you just slapped me against the the, the, the wall with the, the stupid double overtime trend, which I can't put no, down. So clearly, like, like the Sydney, clearly I cannot pick the team that just played two overtimes on the road. Yeah, they're home now. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I like the over in that game, but yeah. again, that worries me a little bit too with the, with Herbert doing so. So you thought? I mean, other than that last drive, how did you think Herbert did, AJ? It, it was it, he's played two of his three best QBR games the last two weeks. Okay, he was set, he completed seventy five percent of his passes last week. Three three touchdowns, no picks, seventy eight point so, three QBR. I, I mean, that sounds outstanding. I wonder how they did so poorly. I mean, I guess they hardly had any points though, right? Until the last drive. Yeah. All right. But this week he goes against the 32nd ranked pass defense in the Raiders. Well, they don't – I don't know. I mean, how's Herbert doing on the – let's look how he is on McKenzie's rankings here. He's a little blend. Not first, not second, not third, not fourth, not fifth. Geno Smith is holding fast. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Lamar, uh, Burrow. Herbert's 10th right now. So he's 12th in PFF. An eighth in ESPN QBR. That's got to be really depressing for you. It's not because he's had two. He's had two games where his best receivers played the full game, and they're two of his best games. I feel perfectly fine as long as Keenan Allen's on the field. Justin Herbert's going to be fine. All right, one day he'll make the playoffs. Maybe. Well, maybe. I think they're still. I think they're under fifty percent right now. Is what I'm hearing. All right. Well, who's next? Let's see. That would be your two weight, which is oh, the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans, not New Orleans. Thank you. Fez says it wrong all the time. It drives me crazy. By the way, the Saints do fall into that category of the pre-buy divisional game. Ooh, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like, but it falls in the category of being tired too. But I guess having Monday an extra day's rest. But here's the thing. And Fez just went to the restroom, but when he comes back, he'll be talking about how this game was a flabbergaster in his power rankings, and he thought it should have been uh, higher. I think the Saints are getting healthier. You know, they didn't listen. They got shut out. First off, if all you do is say how's the team do, uh, Mackenzie, pop that up uh, off a shutout. How a team does off a shutout is exceptionally well because the public overreacts. They're like, Jesus, they couldn't score a point. But you see the Sharps are betting the hell out of this game. So here's a good one. Teams that score six points or less the prior game, mm-hmm. they're 10-2 and two against the spread in the first half of their next game. Okay. So, okay. I mean, they, they, they start no, out better because you know, they didn't score last week. So you know, more I, of an onus on the first drive, the scripted plays, yeah. all that stuff. No, I, I think it goes with the whole idea. Whatever you do great – Usually drops off. Whatever you do poorly usually gets better. You know there is a zig and a zag to the NFL. I think, not always, but all right. So if all you did is say play them off a shutout, 127 winners, 102 losers. So you're 55.5 just playing teams off a shutout. Give me that since 12. Well, he was on it, man. He knew what I was going to say before I said it. Now it's not. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 33 and 20 since 12. So 62%, just playing teams off a shutout, Fez. And that's the Saints here. And I was telling them when you were in the restroom about how the Saints 
that line really flabbergasted you versus your power ranking. Yeah, because I have Tampa, you know, better than an average team by a point. I got the Saints certainly below average. I'm not on an island on either one of those assessments. So three and a half, I'd make it on a neutral and Tampa Bay being home. So for this to only be three and a half, I couldn't understand the line. You helped educate me on what the hell was going on. Well, I also think the history of Brady and the Bucks against and the And that's, that's what we suspected. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, RJ broke it all down that basically four and one against the spread with an against the spread margin of, um, I it can't remember. It was a 10 points. Yeah. Or, or I think against Mackenzie, can you repop that from yesterday? Yeah. McKenzie really, did it was good excellent. Work it. Yeah. It was 10 points on the straight up margin and like 14, I think. And I'll get it here on the ATS. And I think what you said is, is, very true. The Saints have been getting healthier, particularly on defense, and mm-hmm. their defense is so much better than it was at the beginning of the season. They've been an under team four of the last five games, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the Bucks have only played two overs all season. This is going to be a grimy, low-scoring game. So mm. I love remember they play. It, this game was nothing, nothing going in the like late into the third yep. in the first matchup. Mm. Right? I love getting who was winning. Goal here. Uh, I think it was tied. <laughs> the Bears. All right. Okay. So Saints and Bucks, uh, fourteen points ATS margin since Brady came. Uh, Eleven points straight up margin. Now, how do you feel? Like, like it's compelling, and I, I agree with all this. But how do you feel about the fact? Hey, it was six, and nothing has nothing has changed. There's no injuries. It's That's just information. True. Tristan Wirfs is out now. But he was hurt already. It was just, I guess, yeah, that yeah. became more, more. I guess it got, it got broadcast. Well, look, more, well, let's right? be clear. What's up with Leonard Fournette? Six and a half. Well, I hope he's healthy, actually, because he think weighs three hundred, right? He's bigger than Wishnick. All right, let's be clear. Let's be clear about something. Six and a half was the look ahead line, hmm. but the world opener was six, and it immediately went to five and a half. Then it went to four. I mean, it's been bad. You know, the big move was Monday between the early open, again, where I think the biggest moves happen. Once all the books opened Monday morning, it was five and a half, then it went to four. Boom. Within right. the first three hours. And now we're at three and a half. Yes. This is very unlike you to like Well, be... here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ, you've done this for the other ones. This last one. Give me next week's game. Oh, no. Actually, Mackenzie, give me next week's spreads for uh, the Saints and the Bucks. Oh, this is good. Like We missed the Saints this week. Maybe we can get on them next week, right? <laughs> well, well, what I'm going to show is is Tampa has a tough game, mm. and and I think not that they're going to be looking ahead, but it, I think it's a situation where to some degree it wears on you. It might mm. be the way to think about it. I don't know. I just know this: the numbers back it up mm-hmm. with the the whole tough, you know, next game. Um, the uh, I do think Tampa Bay. I mean, let's be honest: they could have lost to the Rams. I mean, you say they're an average team. They could have lost to the Rams. Should have lost to the Rams. And the Rams aren't much different. I mean, like, this is the team we now have tied for the worst. Now, I know mm. they've lost a couple players, but how much, How how big is that? All right, so Tampa has is at San Fran next week. Ooh. All right. And, San Fran laying six, six and a half? Um, I think that's a pretty big spread. You do this for a living? <laughs> six. Okay. And the, that's a good one. And the Saints are on a bye. And, I like. I, I don't think they're. Have, I don't think they're going to lose that game. Exactly. So we have uh, Scott's great trend. So we're in that. What was that? Oh, yeah. Seventeen situation. And six and zero oh this season. So I've got a distracted Tampa looking ahead. And I'm I guess not sure the team, they're looking ahead. I. But it's in the, the math says like whenever you have a system. You can't always have the new the art of it, and I mm-hmm. think it's hard to say they're going to be looking ahead, right? Mm-hmm. But. The system says they're looking ahead because they got a tougher game here. And I got New Orleans with the close game revenge from the, the loss earlier in the year. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah it, I, I, it, you know, it all points to that. I, I can understand why there's a, there was a tsunami of money on the Saints. But again, obviously, and this was my lowest ranked play. Well, I guess I'm going to have a one. I'm going to do, but um, I. But you know, three and a half. I mean, where do you think where do you think this thing goes? I mean, my sense it goes to three, right? I sense it goes to four. Really? So maybe we maybe bet on the line moving. Three how, and a half's a push. How good is Tampa Bay? Yeah, that's what I'll do, Fez. I'll bet against the, the one of the best line movement guys on earth. Yeah. Sounds good. I'll just throw it out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you're getting AJ gave you more than enough action. Hmm. Um let's talk about how good Tampa is. So Mackenzie, let's let's we haven't done this for any team. Let's do it for let's do Kevin Cole. Let's do you know, let's just go up and down our power ratings. And um so why don't we start with Mr. Cole? Where do we have Tampa Bay ranked? Kevin Cole has him seventh. All right. And where you got you got him what like twelve, Fred? Tenth. All right. Okay. And how about football outsiders? I, well, I guess uh, AJ might have that one for us. We do a score projection from their stats and they have well, a tenth. Okay, it'll be interesting to see how it is compared to this. Tenth DB. Okay, maybe we are doing it the same. Um, let's do our. Which one of ours should we do? You want to do the. Uh, Mackenzie, which one? Uh, it's funny because the one I have on the screen is the mixed, but I have uh, both of them in my file. One second. Yeah, the mix from what to what? The success rate in the. Okay, EPA and, and model we're taking out garbage do. time, right? Yes. Okay, that's the one I want. So if we have him sixth. We got him sixth. Yeah. Oh wow. Huh. So higher than you thought. Yeah, but I, I here's the thing. This is a t- remember they beat Dallas pretty handily that yep. first game. They played well, and then something happened, right? So what were they? They were two and two to start. I can't remember. Uh, I guess I have it right. That's last year's. Oh, it's last year's now. Yeah, I was just looking at it. And I was oh. like, what the hell is going on here? Um. Let's put up their game by game because it strikes me the last five or six games they they might be as bad as might be a bottom five team. I mean, I guess they beat Seattle, but being the Rams like that that in hindsight that looks bad. The, yeah, the loss Seattle, of the Panthers the, was beat embarrassing. The, uh, beat Seattle and beat the Rams. That's between a again, loss in to Germany. In Germany, a loss to Cleveland, a loss to the Ravens, a bad loss to the Panthers, a loss to the Steelers. Before that, they beat the Falcons. And before that, they lost two in a row against the Chiefs and the Packers. And I mean, that Packers, Packers lost- game was an aberration. They were kind of a miracle that they almost tied, right? What, yeah, remember 14, it was 14, 14, 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to me, after the first two games, what, I mean, where's the impressive? Like, what, what's the impressive? Even just cherry pick one. What's well, the most the impressive? Well, the Seattle win is the best win by far. As, after so, they, so in the, the, the quirky game, United States. Yeah. Yeah, the quirky game with the with the with the you know the, that Brady probably thrived in you know that yeah they did or work. Seattle had trouble with for yeah. sure I mean because time zone six thirty zone versus travel time was yeah six thirty a.m. start time and and again it was all first half that, that Seattle struggled nothing yeah we got to start we got to remember that on these trips uh you know similar mm-hmm. things. and even that Ravens game that looks like a close loss. They scored a touchdown with less than a minute to go to make it. But somehow, close. my first half Ravens bat lost. <laughs> and last week was the first time in Tom Brady's career that he lost a game when leading by seven points in the final minute of the fourth Which, quarter. Which that blows my mind. Yeah, because I could see winning by nine or something, but all it takes is one score in under a minute That's to enough. Live. How in the hell did that happen? He's pretty good. 
Yeah, but he doesn't. He's not on defense. No. Yeah, it's, he's kind of beyond his control. I think that's a Belichick stat. Right? I, I would well, make maybe sense. Belichick it would make... is good at taking timeouts and giving Brady the ball back with time to go ahead and win the game. Well, that's how they won the first Super Bowl. Well, there you go. But this one, they remember you know, John Madden was saying, "I think they should go into overtime here. They should have just mortar kick, mortar kicking to the three one on the Super Bowl." Uh, in what which game? The Atlanta Super Bowl. They don't win that if they don't if they kick oh. off in the end zone. But Tampa Bay had all of their timeouts. They didn't call any on the Browns' final possession, or on their last possession. Well, they, they waited did. to call a timeout yeah. for twenty seconds. Well, but they they got the ball back with thirty two seconds left. If they utilized That's their timeouts, if they utilized their timeouts on the Browns' possession, maybe yeah, they get the ball back a, with was, a minute left. That is bizarre. Yeah, I mean, Bowles is getting a lot of heat. Saying a minute with Tom Brady in the football, I can get my well, team at the field goal range. It's fourth and ten, and they're at the eighteen. Like, why are you calling a timeout to help them? That's true. You know, McKenzie's doing a good job. He's he's interjecting. Well, not interjecting, but he's making statements, but he's not monologue. I mean, it's been a good on-air performance today. Appreciate AJ, it. AJ, you and him are rolling. Trying our best. All right, what's next? My two weight, the Cleveland Browns, seven-point favorites at the Texans. Oh, this is the AJ I know and love. Thank you. I'm back. <laughs> uh, I think everybody's expecting Deshaun Watson to go out there and try and throw for 300 against his old team. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Browns are going to do— If you saw in the preseason how he looked. I think the Browns are going to do what they've been doing, run the football, and the Texans cannot stop the run. They are 30th DVOA against the rush. The Browns are also really bad against the run, but the Texans can't run. Can we look up Chubb's over-under? It's got to be north of 100. I don't think it's out yet. 106? DraftKings? I don't know. I'll go 106. I tell you this. I like over. No props are out yet. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm interested in the under in this game. Oh, look. Diamond Dave Essler has a bet on this. It's on the total. Did you peek? Oh, I have. I'm, when it comes to pregame, I'm, <laughs> I think I don't use this word. Um, oh, omniscient. Omnipotent. Omnipotent? Is that how you say Omnipotent. Okay. Well, that's got, all powerful, which you maybe. No, but, I thought that was uh, omniscient. All, I omniscient. That was, oh, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Okay. Well, you've got access all to knowing. the back end of every pick. Exactly. <laughs> that's the definition. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's listen to Diamond Dave, also known as Uncle Dave. He wins a lot of money. I love and I bet the Browns, Texans under 47 points. Enter Deshaun Watson, who's been allowed to at least practice for a few weeks, but he hasn't seen game action slash speed uh, with the threat of being hit in close to two years. And I doubt he just picks up where he left off. Uh, and although he surely wants to send Houston a message, Houston may want to send him one as well. 47 is a ton of points for a Texans games. Four of their last five have stayed under, the only exception being by just one point. And this number is the second highest Houston total this year, second only to the 47.5 at Miami last week. And surprisingly to me, Cleveland has only had three games with higher totals. Cleveland's defense can be had, but not by an offense like Houston's that scored more than 20 points just once this year. And the Houston defense is actually better than the Browns in many statistical categories, or at least not much worse. This plays out one of two ways. Watson's rusty. He hasn't thrown to tight windows. People trying to kill him at the same time. If that's the case, this doesn't come close. Or, Watson is sharp. If he is, they'll stop in the 30s and get their 34-10 win. I suspect the former, because this line's barely crept weekly over 7 at a few books. So, only two Houston games have landed on 47. I'm betting that this one will not be the third. 
in a game that may have the highest handle this week. Houston Cleveland under 47 points. Yes, he's monotone, but he's consistent. Winning. <laughs> Dave, I like Dave. He's he's a he's a uh, inscrutable. I can't argue with the word. I can't. I can't know the definition <laughs> of inscrutable. Cash is two hundred to one. I n s c r inscrutable. Inscrutable. That's the word. Is that Pee Wee Herman? It is. It sounds just like him. Yeah. You think Pee Wee's? You know, Dally, his uh, peccadillos might slow him down. No. Peccadillo cashes a 201. <laughs> All right. So Dave's good. You like this under, right? Makes sense. It's funny. I hate people that do this. It, one of my pet peeves is every freaking game is, uh, I don't have anything pre-flop. Um, I'll be looking, looking at me. I'll be looking for a live opportunity. I don't like unders right now. I want overs, though. Yeah, but, but here's what I think is interesting. Cleveland is so good on that first drive. I do think this is a game you maybe let the first quarter even pass and look to go under at that point, assuming mm. there's some real points being scored. Why not go Browns minus one and a half in the first quarter? No, I don't like one and I, I believe Wat- Watson's rust is a factor. And you got to win the coin toss. Like, it adds, it adds yeah. a level of complexity, although it's with Houston's run, offense. That's going to even itself out. So, yeah. if, I mean, if it's a good bet, it's you'd still, rather not have that variable. I agree. Yeah, it still mitigates like you're losing half the time right off the bat, no matter how good your your handicap is. I do like your idea of, well, well although the, there is rust, but after. Nothing pre flop. <laughs> after, yeah, after Cleveland's first drive, the market's pulling back the curtain a little when there's a big favorite. If you're going to play an under, obviously you want to play it after the good team finishes their drive and the bad team's getting the ball. All right, so what you're saying is Cleveland, though, is the good team in this case. So if Cleveland wins the coin toss, mm-hmm. gets the ball, regardless of whether they punt or whether they score, when that possession ends, that's a good time to play under because now I get I get Houston to start the second half and I get Houston to start the next possession, which, you know, all things being equal, the algorithm sometimes just say, oh, three minutes are gone in the game, mm-hmm. so I'm going to lower the total by a point and a half. That's interesting. Now, let me ask you this. I just thought of the opposite. Imagine if the lesser team scores first. If you like the over in general, that feels like a time to fire because the other, the better team's going to be really focused and want to tie that thing up. Especially, yeah, that's real strong. Especially if the um, lesser team scores. If the lesser team scores a touchdown, yeah. the touchdown uh, is, is like you get a 12-point favorite, and what's your biggest fear? Ooh, they get up 30 to nothing. The Miami-Houston game, okay? Miami gets up 30 to nothing, and the game suddenly stagnates. Well, if Houston scores on the first possession 7 nothing, the chance of that happening are almost nil now. And so you get a much, it, it's a good over bet. Mackenzie, do we have the all the year since 99 downloaded? What do you have downloaded with the, D, uh, the play-by-play? 2021 and 2022. Okay. Do you know how to do a search on Power BI? Um. I mean, not right now, but here's what yes. I want to do for uh, next week, Fez, is we can check from 99 on mm-hmm. when a team is favored by, let's say, more than seven mm-hmm. and their opponent scores on the first drive. Yes. A touchdown. How often? What is the with the first per, With the first possession? Yes. What is the points per drive on the first possession of the favorite? Mm. That is Seems be like, it, yeah, you would think it would be very good. Yes. You follow McKenzie? Yeah, so the team is up by seven, and then their offense is great, but they haven't even played yet, and they're down by seven. 
I mean, they're favored by seven, but they're down by seven. The good offense comes out. Makes sense. Exactly. It's time to kick ass. Yeah, but really? that would be a great time to bet the over, even if you haven't fired yet. That's yes. interesting. All right, what do we got? Are you about done? Yeah, well, I think we are. My two eight. And it's going to be the Detroit Lions at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh. I am selling high on everybody's darling, the Jacksonville Jaguars, after one of the luckiest wins of the NFL season. Boy, you last really weekend. didn't take kindly to that loss. No, dude. I did not. I had, I had the Ravens. Yeah, you, uh, you lost that. I did. Uh, <laughs> Jaguars as a favorite since 2020, 0-6 straight up, failing to cover by 14.8 points per game. This is a team that in this role is not – they they're not used to being in this role. They don't thrive in this role at all. And then you look at the Detroit Lions, who are coming in off of extended rest, right, having played since, uh, since Thanksgiving. And let's look at both of these games last week. Which game was more impressive? Was it the Lions' performance against the Bills, or was it the Jaguars' performance against the Raiders? That would be the Lions. That's my argument. The Lions' performance against the Bills was more impressive. Therefore, I think they should receive a better week-to-week. Wait a minute. Week. Wait a minute. You're saying that the Jags beat... The Ravens. The Jags' lucky win against the Ravens. Luckiest win of the you season. You see how frustrating Luckiest win of the season. I would, I would argue that Jags— Second to only the, the Browns-Jets. I would argue Detroit exceeded expectations by more than Jacksonville. They both exceeded expectations, but Detroit more so because they almost beat Buffalo. But here's where I disagree, and I'll drop it. This game is right around Pickham. It's about who can win and lose. Jacksonville showed us something about winning a game. Detroit doesn't do that too well. They cover when they get eight, but they're not so good. Let, let me ask you this. Uh-huh. The fact that Jacksonville went for two and wins by one, mm-hmm. and now Jacksonville's laying two, that may, you got to like that, right? Plus two is worth more in Jacksonville games because you know if the same situation well, the, happens. The line in the Super Contest is one. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's true. Let me ask you but something. They might, but, they're, but Jacksonville probably goes uh, for uh, two again, right? If they, if they have the same situation, a right? Legitimate, a legitimate question. Not against a lesser team. Legitimate yeah. question. If the Jaguars... Because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I'm a serious thought here. If the Jaguars don't get that two-point conversion and they lose the game, is this line still Jacksonville minus one? No. No, no way. No chance. Let's take a look at the look ahead. And, I mean, that we can't know for sure, but the look ahead assumed Jacksonville was going to lose, right, to, you know, mm-hmm. as a four-point dog. Um, let's see here. What do we got? Pick them. No, no, no. Look ahead was plus one Ooh. and a close plus one. Why do I show pick? I don't know. McKenzie's pretty good in these lookouts. Hmm. But there are there are different outs, right? Um, and then it opened up plus one in the world opener. So it didn't flip till Tuesday. Now that's interesting. Steamorama. It moves yeah. real fast. So that and the Jacksonville's been a wise guy, darling. Mm-hmm. For I mean, yes. you'd agree with that, right? Yes. Guys? So it looks all year long, even yeah. in August. All year long. And what am I hearing? Has well, well, they're a team that's fun. What am I yes. hearing? Detroit's been a darling also. What am I hearing from all of these, uh, you know, the Sharps that play the Jaguars? Well, they're finally going to play what their numbers tell us they're going to play. Yeah. Sometimes you just are a team that loses. The Jaguars have lost 19 straight games against the oh, NFC. They're just a loser team. Travis Etienne is saying— like your handicap against the Browns. Well, I've, I've, I've often said that the Jacksonville is a paycheck city, that free agents go there to, like, get paid, not to win. 
Yeah, but in theory, Trevor Lawrence is is giving him an opportunity. Oh, he other sucks. Come on. Listen, I think he's becoming what I expected. He's going to be like the 14th, yeah, 14th best quarterback. Uh, cash my bet with McKenzie. It's going to yeah. be beautiful. <laughs> I'm so, sure I was going to study all offseason, go back and like, yeah. ETN banged up, says he's going to be a go this week. Don't know how if he's going to be 100% well, that's a really, or not. That's a really big deal. But because he was he banged was, up early in that game against yeah. Baltimore. Because he yeah. was you playing really was well. Herculean for them to win without him. Although Jamichael Hasty had a monster second half in that game. So why does ATN matter this week? <laughs> Real quick, McKenzie brings up a point you're going to like, Scott. Mm-hmm. The week 12, last week's win share for Jacksonville was 24% against Baltimore. Detroit was 36%. Against Buffalo! I know, I know. Maybe you're right. You know something? In my mind, I was kind of conflating the Giants, and they just kind of... T- but Detroit was leading. Yeah, but there were some right. very nervous survivors. I got Detroit Circus survivors on, trying to win six million. Them, I, think. Yeah. I got Detroit on extra rest at home here against the Jags. I, I, I'm, I'm taking the Lions. I got a Florida I, team that's got to like check into their hotel in frigid conditions before they go indoors. I got pretty boy pretty boy Trevor Lawrence showing up to Detroit going, what is this city? This is scary. Yeah, I like this too. If, if the Lions... You like had, this too, okay. If the Lions had held off the Bills, let's just play make-believe for a minute, that would be four straight wins. If the Jags had not come back and Miracle beat the Ravens, what would this line two be? Two and a half, Detroit. I think a miracle is getting strong at this yeah. point. Detroit okay. would be two An and a half. Win. Detroit would be clearly perceived. They're, hey, they're the slightly better team at home, though, laying two and a half. And I, I think also over that over the last yeah. four no, games. No, they wouldn't be the better team. They'd be equal teams laying two and a half. Over the last four games, Detroit, is, they, they were 32nd in DVOA the first eight weeks. They've been 11th in defensive DVOA the last four weeks. Their defense, it was so bad early in the season has a life now, which it didn't have early in the season. Here's a fun Jared Goff stat. It's just like Kirk Cousins. Jared Goff at 1 o'clock Eastern time, 24-13 and 13 ATS. Hmm. Maybe he is just as regimented as Kirk Cousins is. Yeah, but see, some of that, though, is the level of competition. I mean, is that ATS? You're yeah. Okay, okay. 24-13 and 13 ATS. But see, Goff is the type. Here's the thing that Do we I, count the West Coast games where he plays it? Shouldn't well, I that, count? That's not 1 o'clock Eastern But time. it was when he's on the West Coast. It's well, the same body clock. Well, he's talking about with Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's something I don't have figured out fully, Fez. Maybe you can help me with it, is... The idea that certain players do well in certain situations, but they don't have like I think okay, Kirk Cousins is good. Let's use him as a you know good, not great quarterback, right? He's always he's like the Matt Ryan and him were the demarcators mm-hmm. of like you have enough for the Super Bowl, yeah. right? Jared Goff is below that, but he's similar, right? But he's below Cousins. What people talk about, I don't fully get, is they say things like. Well, he can win if he's a favorite. He can win if he's a small dog, but he doesn't have the gun, the the big play potential to win as a big against the better teams. And it actually makes sense, right? If if Cousins effectively has to be a game manager or Goff has to be a game manager, he's pretty good at that. But if he's got to put up a top five quarterback of the week day, he struggles with that, right? I I want to use a chess analogy. All right. So there's some players that are like class Bs, okay? That can beat masters. All right? They can upset masters. So masters are A. Masters are above A and above canon masters. They're okay. way way better, okay? okay? But why can the class B because the class B has a, a ceiling where they can play crazy, caution the wind, point their pieces at the king, calculate a whole bunch of things and maybe the master miscalculates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
then there's the class B players that aren't that are just like workmanlike. Mm-hmm. All right, they know positional stuff, but they really can't. They're not able to calculate in-depth things, but they know how to do basic strategy so stuff. Because they're not neither a professional. It's talent in one case and scholarship or study in the other. Exactly. For the okay. So the class B, like like workmanlike guy, studies all the time. He's just not very smart. Okay, he can't beat a master. He never beats a master. Whereas you get the like the flaky kid that, that doesn't know his openings, doesn't know his end games, doesn't know basic. So strategy. that's why he's a B. That's why he's a B. He can't checkmate with a king of bishop and a knight. Whereas the other guy can, no problem. Yeah. But you, you know what? He's got that ceiling. He can go crazy. He's a gunslinger. And really, it's ultimately about talent. It's about what is your ceiling. So, yeah. So if you're not a gunslinger, you can't beat a real a team that's a lot better. But if you are a gunslinger, you know what? You might throw in three interceptions and lose to a, to a, a Class D team. But you can beat a, a master team. So to me, that's good. I mean, golf has been bad w- against the best teams. But... He's pretty good against, you know, in a pick and mm-hmm. game. All right. I can see it. I don't I know. The, the numbers are, oh, I'm sorry. The EPA is just so good with Jacksonville. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to take notice to it. Go ahead. I also think it's noteworthy that this te- the Lions started out one and six. Like, they could have easily just mailed it in. And it, we've said all along, this team's not going to quit. Like, with that coach, there's no way they're going to quit. And what you've seen the last four weeks is like, they're, they are fighting every week. Maybe Denver needs Dan Campbell. Maybe they do. He's got to be better than Denver that. needs Geno Smith. They traded for the wrong quarterback from Seattle. Now, that's fine. This is, to me, the great conundrum of the NFL, which is do you look? There's only been, what, 12 games or 11 games so far. Do we really say, that's too many? <laughs> let's, you know, let's chop them up. I think sometimes we do, but I, I think you got to do it judiciously. You know, the irony of these two teams is they both open season wins six and a half. They both took steam over the summer, so such that they're over six and a half, like lay a dollar fifty-five. All right. Fast forward to week thirteen, and guess what? Both teams, they're over under six and a half, vig to the over, like minus one sixty. They're right where they were expected to be, both of them. By the way, what's that Rams number now for the season wins? You know We were right on. We should have been right I on. Know. That, the, I know. The I believe the Rams are six six were they five and a half? Mm. All right. It's, yeah. Let's, uh, we good? We gonna wrap this baby up? Let's do it. All right. Excellent pod. I, I thought really AJ and Scott were excellent today. Mackenzie was great on the additional information. Fez, you were pretty good too. You, you actually had a, it was interesting. You reiterated other people's points in a very concise way. It was, it was, they, I would listen to this back because I actually think you did something I've never heard you do. Like you were very much like, Helping shine light on other people's points. Well, that was the feedback you gave me last week. You're like, you talked a lot, Fez, but you were gone for a week, so it's <laughs> no, okay. But you, but you were talking here, but it was like it, it wasn't just like more. It was like you helping shine you racking light. up the assists. Yeah, it was good. I thought, and and you always told me like the one thing I need to focus on with live radio is I, I'm like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I saying? Like, no, listen. So you were answer listening. the question. I told a difference. Yeah. I mean, I, I I saw a difference. Think so. about that, Fez. Making other people look good. I mean, who? This is a topsy turvy world oh, we're in. Apocalypse. I think coming. it's a sixth sign, right? AJ, you're crushing in your uh, your college <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> like, like nine and one or something. Thank you, Fez. Thanks for pointing that out again. T- t- right, away from the mic. Take us out, Fez. Hey, hey. <laughs> Let's be careful out there. Uh, he ruined the whole show, right there. Nah, it's CNX. Uh, remember, straight out of Vegas, guys. Straight out of Vegas. AM Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday.